Good morning. Life as we know it is over. The sky is falling. Apple Music sounds weird, by the way. Uh, Are you hearing uh, this? Like, shut up. Birdland <laughs> is deadland. It's blue skies and sunny and a beautiful day outside, but not in my heart. <laughs> not in my heart. My heart is black. My soul is dead. The Orioles have lost four straight. They've scored, what is it, six runs in four games. They have eight hits the last three games. They have been two hit twice in the last three days. Brandon Hyde inexplicably continues to pinch hit people for Jordan Westbrook to have worse numbers against right-handed pitching. He continues to inexplicably pinch hit people for Heston Kerstad after he provides the only offensive spark last night. But that's not why they lost. They lost because their bats just went ice cold. And I said that their bats went ice cold at the exact wrong time. And somebody said to me, when's the right time for the bats to go cold? I don't know. Two weeks ago? <laughs> not, well, not not four days ago? Not, right. blow, not, not when you have a four-game lead and you blow it in six days? A four-game stretch in May when you lose four games in a row. It's like, okay. Yeah. That, sure. That, that, that four-game stretch back at the be- end of June, beginning of July... That was a fine time. Yeah. When you're playing the the team that's directly behind you in the standings that you're trying to hold off for first place in your division, that that's a bad time. It's an inopportune time. And look, it's it's hyperbole, right? My my soul's not black, my heart's not dead. The sky's <laughs> not falling in Birdland. The Orioles actually uh lost a game off their magic number last night because Texas got their doors blown off by Cleveland 12 to 3. The the world's not ending. The Orioles just aren't playing good baseball right now, and that's that's the end. Of, that's the, the beginning and the end of it. Yeah, the the bats just yep. aren't 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 going well. And, and look, it is a huge. Um, uh, I, I don't know what the hell I'm trying to say here, but but it's Jack, a, it's a Jack, problem. <laughs> it, well, well, but J- Jack, Jack Flaherty last night, he did almost exactly what John Means did in his start, mm-hmm. and it's it's. Uh, a stark contrast to how we felt about John Means and how we felt about Jack Flaherty. Yeah. Jack Flaherty struck out six batters in four innings and gave up two runs. Right. Uh, and then he goes into the fifth, do- doesn't get anybody out, gives up two base hits, he's pulled. Yeah. Uh, uh, Jacob Webb comes in, uh, one run scores, it's 3 nothing. Yeah. He basically did what John Means did, but with more strikeouts. And everybody's like, Correct. he should never start again. And it, it, it's just so well, much. It's it's so funny because John Means has thrown a no hitter, but but yeah. And John Means has been the ace of the staff. But also keep in mind that John Means has never had a season close to what Jack Flaherty did in 2019. No, so that's true. It, it, so really, second half of 19, but still, yeah. No, he, point he, made. But but the the ERA was well below three. Yeah, in like 31 yeah. starts. The the and. Um, that's not me sitting here, you know, carrying Jack Flaherty's water. It's just, it's just a microcosm of of how we treat well, things, how we look at things. And sure. it, 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 I'm wondering if John Means had gone out and done the same thing that Flaherty done had done last night, what the response would have been from the fan base. At the end yeah. of the day, Jack Flaherty's not why the Orioles lost that game last night. Well, correct. I mean, two hits is why they lost that game last yes. night. And you look at what John Means did, and you say, okay, you know, he's coming back off of an injury that's really really hard to come back from and most guys come back from it okay but it takes time it's not going to be one of those things where you come in and, and you're back at the major league level and immediately you're pitching well he pitched well at triple a that was impressive but mm-hmm. again this is a whole different ball game the major leagues is a very very different league than triple a is yeah so i think we were all like okay that's that's what john means did it's fine not a big deal 
and you're right. If he had thrown four innings like Flaherty last night and given up three earned runs and struck out six, people would have still said, okay, that's still not bad because it really isn't for a guy with Tommy John. Flaherty is held to a higher standard, and I think that's for a good reason. I mean, the guy was acquired at the trade deadline. He's supposed to be a, a legitimate starter that Michael Elias acquired. He hasn't looked like one since yeah. really the first start. Yeah, he was he was the lone acquisition at the deadline. You can look at Fu, uh, Fujinami. You can look at Webb um, being picked up off waivers. Webb's been the most impactful, yeah. frankly. Uh, no, Fuji's been really he good. Has. The, he the, has. The, the last t- 10 to 12 outings, he's been really good. Um, and, Webb, but, but, and, and Webb hasn't been quite as good, but he's right. still been good. Yeah, but uh, overall, been good. Yeah. The, the fact of the matter is the Orioles aren't hitting. I mean, Adley Rutschman's hitting, what, 168? Really bad stretch. In, in, in September. Really bad. And somebody took me quite literally last night when I said, I haven't seen Santander and Rutschman hit a ball hard in what feels like a month. They haven't, yeah. But but it's not that they haven't hit the balls hard, guys. My, my point is that they're not getting base hits. Right. Not getting a base. R- Rutschman, uh, uh, Stan and I were corresponding uh, this morning through email, and Stan says to me, Paul, it's time to talk about Adley Rutschman. Um, he now, uh, Rutschman's hitting 180 in September, uh, and you compare him to Bobby Witt, and, and I'm not going to steal Stan Slender, but Bobby Witt hit, hit a home run last night, stole a couple of bags. He's in like 280. He's got thir- 29 homers, 89 yeah. RBIs, 46 stolen bases. I mean, there's no doubt Witt's been the better player this yeah. year. And uh, Adley's playing, he's played too much. Yeah. He's yeah. missed, what, five games all season? Yeah. He's played too much. He, he's going to break out of it. The team's going to break out of it. Uh, uh, look at this, okay? Go back to the end of Ju- that series over the 4th of July weekend okay. when they were playing yep. Minnesota. The Orioles scored three runs in that series against Minnesota. They won yep. one game. They won yep. They won 2-1 to one on that Sunday. Then they go to New York, and they lose the first two games. The Orioles scored 20 runs in seven games. Yeah. I'm sorry, it was 18 runs in seven games, and they scored 10 runs in in the five consecutive games from uh, the three game series with the with the Twins, followed by the first two games of that four game series with the Yankees, they lost the first two games of that four game series, and we're like, what the hell happened? Mm-hmm. What happened next? The Orioles went on an eight game winning streak during which they scored sixty runs. They yeah. was, they scored seven and a half runs per game, blowing the doors off the Yankees, the Twins, the Miami Marlins. So it's not all doom and gloom. The sky is not falling. This team is going to bounce back. This team, right. uh, it's, 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 it's just funny. Last week, I said, I, I spoke so glowingly about the bullpen, and then they went out and gave up six <laughs> yeah. runs out of the bullpen that night. I said, I'm, I'm done doubting this team, and they've gone one and six since. So it's, or I'm sorry, two and five. You just have to hope that this is a week-long thing. And it doesn't stretch on because if it stretches on, Tampa Bay is now what half game behind you in the standings, ninety two and fifty seven. The Orioles are ninety one and fifty six. They're, they're they're in a virtual tie. The Orioles yeah. are two percentage points ahead of them, and the Orioles hold the tiebreaker still. Right. All the Orioles have to do is win one game. Yeah. All you have to do is win one game. Yeah. And 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 Stan said to me this morning, "This is the biggest game of the season." So it was last night. Yeah. So it's the game before. I have confidence they're going to win today. I, I I know yeah. they're going up against Glass now. He's pitched really well lately. He too. has pitched really well, but the Orioles have handled him this year. Yeah, and so, somebody's gonna pay. Somebody's gonna pay. You're not gonna have an entire team be this cold for an extended period. And, and you're gonna shake up the lineup a little bit if you're Brandon Hyde. Rutschman obviously moved down for what did Brandon Hyde say it was for this week that he wasn't getting enough time to get ready to catch. Yeah, understandable. I guess. No, what, but, what, what he was saying was 
it's really difficult with the pitch timer that Adley comes yeah. in from after catching in the first inning, and he can't even take a practice swing Makes because he, ha- he ha- he or get a drink of water. He has to take his gear off and get right in the batter's box. Right. That's why he, right. he moved him down. Here, here's the thing: Adley shouldn't have been hitting leadoff anyway. Correct. Because he's, Correct. He's a catcher. Right. And I get it that he gets on base. He's not a leadoff hitter. He's fine in the two hole, except I, uh, for the fact that right now he's batting 168 in September. 180. I, I, I 180, okay. 180. But still, that's not good. That's not good. Um, <laughs> and the OBP is probably well <clears throat> under 300. So you really want, you, generally, your best hitter is two and three. So do you really want a guy who's playing like that in September playing in the two hole or the three hole or especially leadoff spot, any of those spots? You really got to shake up this lineup a little bit and if you, you want you, things to change. You look at Anthony Santander, he's three for what? His last 24. With ten strikeouts, uh, that was my point last night when I said I haven't seen. I feel like I haven't seen these guys hit the ball hard in a month. It's because the hard hit balls that they are having are turning into ground out double plays, right? You, or or fly outs to medium depth right field because they got under it. They're when I say they're not hitting the ball hard, they're not getting base hits. That's mm-hmm. what I mean to the jackass who took me quite literally last night. I gotta go check that out. People suck. People absolutely <laughs> uh, suck. 100%. Um, you know what doesn't suck? Fandle. Not Fandle. Wow. Start <laughs> over. Press Box and Super Sportsbook are teaming up. Uh, they they're, are teaming up to give you an opportunity to win two sweet tickets with food and drinks to tonight's Orioles game. All you guys have to do, leave a comment on our Facebook Live page saying you want to go to the game with Superbook, and we will pick one comment randomly as the winner today on the show. Today on the show. So if you're listening, if you're watching, go to our live stream on Facebook Live uh, and leave a comment on today's show. We will pick the best comment randomly as the winner. The winner's tickets will be transferred this afternoon so you can see the O's versus Rays in style tonight. So again, your opportunity in the partnership between Super Sports Superbook and Pressbox Sports. Superbook and Pressbox Sports. We are going to give you two free tickets to a suite with food and drink tonight for the Orioles game. There are th- there's no parking. We don't have a parking pass for you. I know somebody's asking, <laughs> yeah, is there yeah. parking well, no, parking not included? Yeah. But there's plenty of places that you can park down at Camden Yards. Parking not included. You'll figure it out. But this is an opportunity. If you had to spend 35 bucks on parking, but you got two two tickets worth 150 bucks a person for a suite, uh, I think you can make that happen. So the best <laughs> comment that we see on Let's today's show on our Facebook live stream will win two free suite tickets to tonight's game. Grayson Rodriguez taking on Tyler Glass now. And... Paul's personal guarantee that the Orioles are going to break out in the big way. Paul's tonight. personal guarantee. Paul's that personal that comes guarantee. with the tickets. Paul's personal guarantee. Paul's personal guarantee that you're going to be at a game. <laughs> well, that's also true. Yeah, that's also true. Uh, by the way, I, I, I want to. I don't even know if you have this in your notes. I haven't looked through it. But can we talk about? Why don't the, we send them to you then? <laughs> I have up stats from last night's game. I just wanted to make sure I can fact check myself. But can we talk about the laziness of Aaron Hicks this entire week? And frankly, I, for a little bit longer than that, I lost my mind. Last night, in on that double, um, I think it was in the second inning. On yeah. that double, I'm watching him just basically power walk. Yep. To the baseball. Yep. And I, I'm in the stands, and I stand up, and I yell. I, I can't remember what I blacked out. I, I, I must have blacked <laughs> out. But I, I I'm the he was only, nine beers I, I, in. I, 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 I had no beers last night. The guy, I went to the game with a guy who does not drink, and okay. I'm not a big time drinker these days. So I had no beers 
last night. I'm the only... Now, the people in my section were all hammered. Yeah, I don't doubt it. Hammered. I don't doubt it. Because um, there was... there was a, What was his name? Brent Young? Is that his name? The country singer? I have no idea who he, that is. Who put on a concert last night? I, I wasn't aware of that, but I, I, I don't know who that is. I don't know. But um, I stood up and I yelled something about how sick I am of how lazy Aaron Hicks plays the outfield. Mm-hmm. I was at the game the night before, and that base hit that scored a run... And Hicks made the throw home. He, you have to get, you have to come in on that ball, anticipating that the guy's going to go home. Correct. You have to come up firing to at least the cutoff man. Aaron Hicks' throw was was awesome. It was a great throw. The problem is he came up lollygagging, thinking there's no way this guy's going home, and double clutching, and then realized, oh crap, this guy's running. Now let me throw it. Yeah. If yeah. he throws it, if he comes up firing, the guy's out by a country mile. Yep. But no, because he took his sweet time and didn't anticipate that that guy could potentially try to score on a base hit in a big game, the throw didn't 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 get there in time. Correct. He is so lazy in the outfield. And somebody sent somebody uh, messaged me last night. Somebody I went to high school with, and he said, "I'm so sick of his lazy ass yeah. out there." It's, it's if if you want to keep him as if you want his bat in the lineup as a DH, that's fine. But he can't play the outfield. Everybody is noticing this. And yeah. here's the thing. He's had two leg injuries in the second half of the season that, mm-hmm. that put him on the IL. So maybe they're telling him to take it easy. Or maybe he's telling himself to take it easy. Either way, he shouldn't be out there then. Correct. There is no, sense of, there is no sense of urgency with 100%. him. 100%. It, like you said, it's power walking. He's power walking. And he's playing the outfield very uninspired. Um, I, I think he's playing, you know, he's taking his at-bats about the same as he ever was, but the outfield looks very uninspired, and he's not playing good defense. And frankly, uh, the Orioles have suffered from that. I don't, you know, no, none of this is his direct fault, but it all contributes to the fact that they've lost a lot of games recently. And that's, you know, it's just, a, it's a problem, especially when he's not really hitting that well. And then the defense was, at one time in Aaron Hicks's career, the the best part of his game. I would mm-hmm. not say that's the case anymore. And maybe he's playing hurt. We don't know. Like you said, leg injuries are, you know, they last. They, they linger. So who knows what's going on with Aaron Hicks. But that means that Brandon Hyde shouldn't be putting him out there. That that means that. I uh, It is a head-scratcher, yeah. to say the least, yeah. that the biggest part of your ballpark is being patrolled by Aaron Hicks. Also correct, yeah. Also the bi- correct. The biggest, most cavernous part of your entire ballpark is being patrolled by Aaron Hicks. Yep. Yep. Uh, uh, let me. Uh, the team's not hitting, and that's not Brandon Hyde's fault. I watched him pinch hit Cedric Mullins for Jordan Westberg on what was it Wednesday on Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. Mullins hits worse against right-handed pitching than yep. than Jordan Westberg does. Yep. Watched him pinch hit for him, and he struck out. Then I watched him pinch hit Heston Kerstad, making his major league debut, his first ever major league at bat for Jordan Westberg against the right-handed pitcher, and he struck out. Then last night, you watch Heston Kerstad hit a monster home run, 418-foot home run last night for his first big league hit. The only hit the Orioles had through seven innings. And he pinch hits Austin Hayes for Heston Kerstad in the eighth inning. Yep. Is he overmanaging? I feel like he's overmanaging. I think an argument can be made for that, especially last night. You look at that and you say, okay, Kerstad has one of two hits all night, and that's the guy you pull? 
Mm-hmm. And the, he has the, the big hit. He's the lone right. offensive <laughs> right spot. He has the RBI in the game. The one run that they've scored is because of Heston Kerstad, and you're going to pull him? And, and now, and, and I get it. It's Now you're down 7-1, to one and you have your first two guys on base, and you're trying to make something happen. Mm-hmm. It's 7-1 to one in the bottom of the eighth inning. Yep. And Austin Hayes has been far worse of a hitter in the second half yeah. than, he ha- than he was in the first half. And he got hot for a while, but... Yeah. And Heston Kerstad has even splits in the minor leagues. Nope. He hit 301 against right-handed pitching this year and 304 against left-handed pitching this year with an 885 OPS or higher against both. And, and I get it, he's a minor leaguer, but why are you going to pinch hit him the night before for Westberg, but then pinch hit Hayes for him the next night? Yeah, it's getting matchup crazy <coughs> a little bit when you start he, to just overthink it. And, and, and This was my worry was that down the stretch, Brandon Hyde's inexperience in these situations might be his downfall. And and look, he's had a great season. There's no doubt. But you can't come into your biggest series of the year and do what they've done. No. And last night, let me tell you, that environment was electric. I wish I could have been there for it. I really The Adam Jones ceremony... I texted my wife and said, "Why am I like this?" Because I was actually I was choked up the entire c- ceremony. Because you're going back to the best five years of Orioles baseball of my entire life. Mm-hmm. Nick Markakis was there. Chris Davis got the biggest ovation of everybody, which, which is was wild, absolutely yeah, insane it's, to me. It's wild. Um, you, they had J.J. Hardy, Ryan Flaherty, uh, Trey Mancini, uh, Darren O'Day, Luke Scott with his long flow. Oh, that was main. crazy! Yeah, the, the, <laughs> all of the, that see, didn't see, look anything like Luke Scott. See, see, yeah, it did. You, really? Yeah, I, it, yes, looked, it did. You, you, he looked like a caveman. You, you were, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, Luke <laughs> was, Scott didn't have the long hair, but that's because right, yeah, the Orioles, yeah. probably, the Orioles wouldn't let him. But um, it looked exactly like Luke Scott. But you were also a, a, a mere boy when he was here. Um, I was well into my adulthood. Um, I mean, sure, but I it just I, I, it, t- it caught me off guard when yeah. I saw. Well, it caught everybody off guard because he was, he, d- he certainly didn't have three feet of long flowing hair when he right. was here. Right. Um, they had Quentin Berry and CC Sabathia. Uh, the it was an awesome celebration. Adam Jones throws out the first pitch to Nick Markakis, which, by the way, it is long overdue that Nick Markakis is is being, oh yeah is having um is going into the Orioles Hall of Fame. It is long overdue and is being recognized at yeah. all by the Orioles. He he got the second biggest ovation. Awesome. behind Chris Davis. That's awesome. Uh, and it may have been just as big, but the one the, the one for Davis was just so. Um, Unexpected. Did everyone do the J.J. Hardy thing? No. Oh, that's disappointing. Um, maybe some people. That would have been cool. But it was an amazing ceremony. Mm-hmm. And then Jack Flaherty comes out and strikes out two of the first three hitters. Electric, and yeah. It, it, it was the environment was incredible. You have a soul, only your third sellout of the year. Adam Jones is retiring as an Oriole. The enti- all that stuff before the game, and then the offense comes out and. <laughs> By the way, by the way, just off topic a little bit, but doesn't it seem like Jack Flaherty runs on energy just completely? It's like okay, the crowd's hyped up. He starts throwing a little bit harder, comes out, strikes out two of the th- first three hitters. Things are looking good, and as soon as one little thing goes wrong, it all falls off a cliff. When the crowd loses the energy, Jack Flaherty lost his energy. I don't know. That's just what it looked like yeah. to me. I, I mean, he was he shoved for three innings. Yeah, and then it's so funny because I'm sitting there in the stands. And he's pitching really well. Mm-hmm. The Orioles have no hits. And it's th- he's through three. And after the Orioles bat in the bottom of third, I'm like, all right, I'm going to get up and go get some food. And as I'm walking down the steps, I'm thinking, 
should I be getting up right now? I was sitting there watching the game, and he's shoving. Um, as I'm walking down the steps, I say to myself, Brandon Lau is going to hit a home run here. And then literally, the, as I'm thinking it, Brandon Lau smokes one 405 <laughs> feet for yep. a home run. And I texted yep. my buddy. I was like, I literally just thought to myself that by getting up, Brandon Lau is going to hit a home run. It's not my fault. I didn't do I, yeah, that, it is. Yeah, that, it is. that had nothing to do with me. Had nothing to do with me. But it's just like I, I could feel it because Jack Flaherty isn't that good. I, I could, I, and yeah. then he gives up the double to a Rosemary. I didn't see the double, but apparently he, uh, Aaron Hicks was super lazy on the double on that double too. Uh, neither here nor there. At the end of the day, the offense isn't swinging the bats, and they made Zach Eflin look like freaking Cy Young last yeah. night. They made Drew Rom look like freaking Cy Young two days prior. This team just isn't hitting. They just aren't hitting, and I don't know what, I don't know what they are going to do to shake things up. Maybe put Cedric back in the leadoff spot. Yeah. You know, bat. bat. I'm not. I don't know. I there's not really a guy who's playing right now who warrants the leadoff spot. Really, somebody's got to do it. Somebody's got to do it. And I get it. You want to have gun. I'm fine with Gunner leading off. Yeah, that's fine. You know, but Cedric's been there, done that. Cedric has the experience as a leadoff hitter. Yep. You know, and maybe he's the guy. He should be back there. It seems a little weird. He got banished from that role in the first place. Like you have what the past four years, Cedric's been your leadoff hitter basically. You know. Mm-hmm. But, Disregarding injury and, and put up an All Star thirty thirty season as your leadoff hitter, and, right. and now he it, bats seventh it's, for it's, you. It's a little weird. I mean, I know he hasn't had a very good season. It's been okay. Like I, I wouldn't, and he's been hurt well, a he, lot he, of it. He had he had a, he was having a really good year at the very a beginning really of the year, good yeah. year until his first injury, I, I, and then as soon as he started to get hot again, he got hurt again. I filled in on Glenn's show about a day after he got injured. And I want to say that was May for the first time he got injured. It was Memorial and, Day, and Glenn said the Orioles just lost their best player. And I don't think if, if that happened now, we'd be anywhere close to saying that. Yeah. So it's been a up-and-down season. Things haven't really gone that well for him as of late. And there was a chance, we thought, at the beginning of the year, April, May, hey, he could have a 2020 season, 2025, something like that. But it doesn't look like he's going to get to that kind of place and certainly nowhere near the 30-30 he once was. Yeah. And that, honestly, he could have he could have approached it. Yeah. I think if he hadn't had to miss 30, 40 games, he could have approached the 30-30 season this year. I mean, he's got 14 home runs. Has he played 100 games? You know, like... Yeah. So he's four, 14 home runs, not going to get to 20, most likely. 17 stolen bases, probably get to 20, yeah. you would think. Maybe, but, but that's the other thing. They're not running. No, they're not. They're, they're, they're not, not running. running. I, I mean, Gunner gets on base to lead off the game last night, and he just... like why are, why are they not running? Why are they not... They stole 10 bases in that opening series against Boston. It just feels like they just stopped running ever since then. Yeah. I mean, it looked like you were going to have two guys in Cedric and, and Jorge Mateo steal 50 bags apiece. Right. You know, and Jorge Mateo barely plays, and he leads your team in stolen bases with 27. Right. You know, I, I don't understand why this team has stopped running. That's because all Mateo has to do is breathe. And he steals a base. Yeah, <laughs> more it, or less. It, but it just it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, the sense the, the aggressiveness, the edginess of this team has kind of gone away a little bit. You've seen that in the past week, and that's not to say that's gone away for the month. That's not to say it's gone away for August. Any of that. It's just been this past week. There's been a lack of energy. That we've just, all noticed. I, I don't understand how you don't feed off of the crowd last yeah. night. How you don't feed yeah. off of that energy? Just uh, and I think Flaherty did for the first three innings. Yeah, but, but uh, this team and even my buddy. My buddy's not a big baseball guy. The, right. the guy, my buddy Josh, he, he's a big football guy. Yeah. He hosts the Ravens podcast. Um, he comes to the game and he likes baseball, but he's watching and he's saying every single player is out in front. Yeah. He's like, and now that I've noticed it, it's all I see. Yeah. And you're and we're watching. We have an aerial view because we're behind home plate up in the upper deck. 
we're watching as every player is out on their front foot. Right. Out on their front foot, just way out in front and swinging through pitches. This team has got to – they can't hit off speed stuff. They've got. I don't know how they – they were hitting – through Monday, they were hitting 287 with runners in scoring position for the season. They hit 243 with runners in scoring position last year. I don't know where 287 came from, but it was like they looked at that and they said, oh, we're 40, 44 points better than we were last year, and they right. regressed to the mean immediately. Right. It's It's been absolutely – um, gut wrenching. Even Ryan O'Hearn, who <laughs> always puts together good at bats, and mm-hmm. I, I love the way he takes at bats. He's patient. He knows the the zone really well. He's everything you want in a hitter for the most part is what he's been this year. Really bad at bats this week, and last night was just an, just out in front of everything, like you said, swinging at pitches that were not even close. And a guy like that, you see. One of your better hitters doing that. Uh, a guy who was what hitting in the four hole last night. Mm-hmm. A guy who's supposed to be an offensive spark plug, a starter. He didn't do that, and it's just systemic across the entire lineup. You see one guy do that, they all start to do that. And you know, again, two hits isn't going to cut it ever. Can we just have a game without Aaron Hicks and Adam Frazier? Can we? Can we? Can we? Can, <laughs> yeah, well, can we? Can we get a game where it's that'd be fun. Where it's you know O'Hearn at first base. And Westberg at second, and Gunner at short, Arias at third, Hazen left, Mullins in center, Santander in right, uh, Adley behind the plate, or McCann behind the plate. It's and um, or actually no, just Adley behind the plate and Hessen cursed at DHing. It's that hard. is their best lineup yeah. right now. Can we get that? It's hard to believe Frazier is a seven ten OPS. Like you look at that OPS and you say, okay, that's not even that bad. You know, considering what he did last year, he was worse than that. That's hard to believe, but he's been a lot worse than I think that shows. He he hasn't hit a home run since July. Like, can can we have a conversation here about let's like, and he keeps playing Arias against left-handed pitchers despite being way worse, forty points worse against lefties and righties, and yet he continues to play him and pinch hit him against left-handed pitching. It doesn't make any sense to me. Doesn't make any sense to me that. Arias is getting starts against lefties and sitting against righties and pinch hitting against lefties for people who were who are um, left handed. It 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 makes no sense to me. Um, but look, the atmosphere fantastic last night. Adam Jones uh, retiring as an Oriole. All the all the guys that were there. It was a really really nice moment that unfortunately was um, wasted on just a really abysmal performance for the fourth straight game. Orioles matching their season long losing streak of four games. Just really not swinging the bats. They scored six runs in these four games. They have eight hits. The la- they, they have eight hits the last three games, three of which are infield hits. And uh, they've been two hit twice. Two hit twice in the last three games. Until that Hessen cursed at home run last night, the Orioles had been no hit for the last nine innings. The equivalent of a no hitter against this team. Um, give Stan one more call. He emailed me at 4 a.m., so he may be well asleep, um, which is okay. He always feels so bad about it, you know, and yeah, we'd like him to answer when we call, but I'm not going to, sometimes, I, somebody who has sleep issues, I know that, um, for me, like, it's, uh, it's really hard. It's really difficult at times, so I understand. We Oh, we have him. Okay, we do have him. Today's show brought to you by your local Toyota dealers. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Joining us now in uh, on the line is back for his weekly segment, Stan the Fan. Stan, good morning. How are you? 
good, Paul. How are you? Doing really well, all things considered. I've been at the, I've been at the last two games, and they've been pretty hard to to stomach. Um, the game got yeah. started last night, though, Stan, with a with a really nice celebration and ceremony for Adam Jones retiring as an Oriole. Uh, I know that for Rosh Hashanah, you were unable you, you don't attend the baseball games uh, for the Jewish holiday, which is to be expected. Yeah. But I know that you know that um, a lot of the role players from the uh, 2012 through 2016 season were th- were there. Chris Davis got the biggest ovation of anybody. Nick Markakis was back. Adam Jones throws out the first pitch to Nick Markakis. A nice video montage of all sorts of players, um, uh, past, present, and guys who didn't even play with Adam Jones, like Quentin Berry and CC Sabathia. Uh, what are your thoughts mm-hmm. on the way they, the Orioles handled this um, with Adam Jones, and how special is it for the city of Baltimore and for Adam Jones to have experienced a ceremony like that last night? Well, it sounds like it was uh, really terrific. Um, it's just unfortunate that the game was on Apple TV last night, so you were unable to, to witness it at home. You know, I hope the uh, Orioles do something to make the video available to people. But Adam was an incredibly uh, important player in this franchise's history. You know, uh, the guys that have the statues are, are you know, epic, epic players. Uh, legends, all of them, you know, Palmer, Ripken, Murray, and uh, Frank Robinson, and Brooks Robinson, uh, and of course Earl Weaver. But but Adam Jones, while not that tier of player, um, is right up there at at that kind of uh, you know at that kind of stature uh, in the history of this ball club. You know, in part because of how bad the club had been until he arrived and the part he played in making baseball sort of fun and relevant again, uh, for fans here in Baltimore. So I was really happy for him to have such a sort of send off, uh, like that. And it's a long time coming, you know? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm really happy that, uh, they were able to do that for him. It seems like all the, all the burn bridges were mended, um, and came to a, to a nice, um, culmination last night with that ceremony really nice to see and somebody who got a really loud ovation last night Stan was Nick Markakis and uh, I feel he's long overdue for induction into the Orioles Hall of Fame Uh, do you think that's somebody who we could be seeing next year being inducted into the Orioles Hall of Fame because the 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 ovation that he got last night was noticeable yeah Um, you know it's a shame it's the same what's happened to the Orioles Hall of Fame you know uh because I used to be a member of the uh, committee uh, for a long time, you know, voting member of that. And it, there is, to my knowledge, there really is no selection committee anymore. And I think the club, um, frankly, I think the club became embarrassed by, by, by the fact that there was a, basically a dearth of players that, that really deserved to go into your hall of fame. Uh, so they gave up on the whole thing for, for a while. Uh, yeah, I would hope that Nick Markakis, I would hope despite the contract, you know, uh, that, that the Orioles had to eat, uh, that Chris Davis would eventually go in that Hall of Fame. I would hope that Buck Showalter would go in that Hall of Fame. Uh, and I'm sure there's several others I'm not thinking of right now, but Adam Jones belongs in there. Um um, you know, it's, it's, it's time to, to, you know, the, the recent history hasn't been great. You know, the last 20 years or so, there's that three, four year period 
Yeah, Manny Machado will deserve to go in at some point in time. So uh, I would hope that the, the club would, would do an about-face and start honoring those that really do deserve to be in there. Uh, what do you think about Darren O'Day? He has one of the lowest ERAs in the history of Orioles relievers. Do you think that he gets into the into the Orioles Hall of Fame one day, or do you think that... It, that... Yeah, he probably, he probably does. I mean, his, his time here, you know, I guess he was here about five or six years, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would think he would get in. I would think Matt Wieters would probably get in as well. You know, um, those guys, you know, they deserve their, their moment in the sun, so to speak. You know, they were all very special players here in Baltimore. Yeah. I, Chris Tillman, another guy you totally kind of forgotten, you know, that would in normal times would, would, would have been an automatic by now to have gone into the Oriole Hall of Fame. Yeah. But, I don't make those decisions. They're way above my pay grade. Yeah, and I, 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 I do agree with you that sometimes you you see it get a little overflooded with people that fans just really, really liked but maybe shouldn't be in. Like, I don't know that Roberto Alomar should be in the Orioles Hall of Fame. He was here for three years, you know. Um, but at the same yeah, I time... Don't see any great, I don't see any great uh, you know, reason for him to be there. Davey Johnson would be, to me, because of the, his career... Both, even though he was only here, you know what, like three years as manager or something like that. But but the start of his career, you know, he he belongs in there as well. Uh, and even for all I know, you know what, he might be in there. I don't know. I can't remember. I think he is, but I'm not positive. I, I'm pretty sure I can remember I'm seeing him positive. on. It. On, on yeah. that wall, but I, I could be wrong. Um, now, now, Stan, yeah. this is all a really, really nice distraction from the fact that the Orioles are crumbling uh, at the at the most inopportune time of the season. The bats have gone absolutely lifeless. In 10 games prior to this stretch, they had scored 70 runs. They have scored six runs the last four games during this four-game losing streak. They've been two hit twice in the last three games. Uh, they have eight hits the last three games. This team is just... The, it, it kind of blows my mind, Stan, that with that environment last night, how electric it was in there, Every the, only the third sellout of the season, that they didn't rise to the occasion. I mean, two hits in, in that environment last night. I don't want to use the term embarrassing, but there are, I can't find other words that are coming to my mind last night. Is this team just pressing because of what's in front of them and the inexperience, or is it just the microcosm of a long season Microcosm is not the right word, but uh, it's just a part of a long season and the ebbs and flows of a 162 game schedule. I think it's I think it's a combination of those things. I, I don't think the club sort of quote unquote choked against the St. Louis Cardinals, but then those games weren't all that important, you know. Mm-hmm. And suddenly the other team came to town that you're face to face with, and they came in determined to punch us in the mouth. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll find out. I wouldn't say we've crumbled, but it's been a disappointing uh, series of performances. Um, uh, we'll find out what this team is made of. You know, look, this team has not had any, I would say since, you know, since you you go back in time uh, to the time, how many series is it now that we haven't been swept in a series? How many is that now? I think it's now, 86 Zach? or 87. It's 86 or 87? Yeah. Um, it's it's really quite remarkable that a team would go that long without uh, what, what really starts to make up a, a slump for a team is when you lose six, seven, eight games in a row. 
I would just remind everybody that's that's listening that uh, in 1983, 40 years ago, the Orioles lost seven games in a row twice. Yep. And had six three-game losing streaks, uh, you know, uh, as well that season. Um, it's it's hard for a team to go through without a slump. You know, look at Tampa. You know, six weeks ago, they looked absolutely spent. Uh, they had dropped in in my estimation. I dropped them as low as ten in my power rankings because of the loss. The finally, the loss of Wander Franco. I thought was going to be the the end of their season, and they've been just absolutely remarkable since August sixteenth, twenty and seven, playing the best best brand of baseball in all of baseball right now. Uh, I didn't see that coming, and I sure as hell didn't see this kind of four game stretch coming. So we'll find out what the team is made of. Um, you know, my one concern about this team had always been that they really hadn't been tested. Uh, and this is a test right now, you know, uh, I think I've said on this program two or three, four times that, you know, that's that 83 team, they had the bitter, bitter defeat in the 79 world series. They had the bitter, uh, losing of that last game of the season in 1982 after making the incredible comeback. So when they got their moment, they were really ready to win the whole goddamn thing. And maybe this team, I wondered about whether this team, whether it was tested enough and whether it had the hunger enough. And you can't have that hunger unless you go through some painful uh, losses. And uh, we'll find out again what this team is made of. Stan, how does Tampa Bay keep doing this? They've got Shane McClanahan, Drew Rasmussen, Jeffrey Springs, Shane Baz on the 60-day IL. They have their second-best reliever in Jason Adam on the 15-day IL. They've lost Wander Franco maybe forever, and Manuel Margot has been injured until yesterday, and yet, like yeah, you said, 20-7. and seven. For the Orioles. 20-7 since the All-Star break. I, I I don't understand how... I don't think any team in Major League Baseball could lose four they're starters. Not 20, and, they're not 20-7 they're not since the All-Star break. They're I mean, I meant since, since, since August 16th. 16th. My, my apologies. Yeah. That's okay. No team in baseball could withstand losing four legitimate starting pitchers, their best player, their second-best reliever, and their starting third baseman for an extended period of time. And yet they've flourished. How, how do they keep doing this, Stan? I, it doesn't make sense to me. Well, you know, uh, sometimes an organization really coalesces around one figure, and I would say that as uh, much as I sort of, and, and trust me, I've never met the guy. I just, there's something about Kevin Cash I don't like, but it's it's really, he's part of the secret sauce over there. You know, um, yesterday I had, I sat in for Glenn yesterday and had Ryan Spielberg's on uh, you know, he brought up Kyle Snyder, the pitching coach, is just absolutely phenomenal. I guess you know, um, so they've they've got some special people in that organization. Yeah, I, I, to, uh, it's they're definitely making things hard on the Orioles, losing a four game uh, division lead in the over the over the course of six days. Now, look, Stan. Despite that loss last night, despite the struggles of the team currently. They their magic number shrunk again last night down to three games to clinch a playoff spot because 
uh, Cleveland just blew the doors off of the Texas Rangers 12-3. to uh, So the Orioles now three games. Mm-hmm. Their magic number is three for clinching a playoff spot. And at 91 wins, they may already have enough wins to make the, the, the playoffs as it currently stands. Um, this team has been in uh, either led or been in a tie for first place every day since July 19th, Stan. Making the playoffs is a is a big accomplishment, especially when you look to where they were two years ago. But is it a failure at this point if they don't win the division because of the fact that they've been there for two months now? Well, it it, w- it would it would seem that way, but again, that that doesn't mean not winning the division. While while a significant blow, perhaps this team's journey part of that journey is fighting fighting having lost that that lead in the division and coming back to either win the division in the remaining 12 days of the season or maybe end up playing Tampa again in the playoffs and being the team we've seen for you know 95% of the season so far um, you know their story those players out there will 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 make that story uh, what it is um, it it'll sting not winning the division because then they then they get into these crazy series where you know the length of the series can kind of catch up on you if if the Orioles are licking their wounds for a moment. So sure. uh, we'll find out the leadership qualities of uh, Brandon Hyde. We thought we knew those pretty well, but you know life tests you uh, at every turn. You know, and this is certainly a test for this group of players. Well, it's and, amazing and- how to get two games. If we came back and won the two games, whether Tampa would Tampa feel like their season's a failure that they caught the Orioles and then let them get away? Um, I don't know. I don't think they they really think that way. But uh, but it, it will sting if we don't win the division. Yeah, I um, and, and the other thing is, if the Orioles are do end up with a wild card, they're going to be the number one wild card team most likely. Uh, which means that that wild card series that can go as lo- as many as three games, every game would be in Baltimore. So there is mm-hmm. there is something to be said for that. That yeah, maybe you don't win the division, you don't get that by, but you get to host potentially three consecutive playoff games in Camden Yards, which would be awesome for the fans. And if they and gives you an opportunity to win two or three games and then get into that division series. Uh, to me, that's it's not the end of the world. You would rather win the division, and that's what we're all hoping for, and that's why we're all so upset with how they're playing right now. But it's not the worst. Well, I've, actually, I've actually had some people tell me, and I forget who told me this story. I don't think it was you, but that a friend of theirs um, from Atlanta. No, it's a friend of mine who I had seen in about three or four years. I sat with him at the game against the White Sox, the afternoon game told me that he's got a baseball fan, a friend who's a huge Atlanta Braves fan. Mm-hmm. And he felt that the Braves were hurt by having the, uh, the buy last year, you know, that, that they sort of lost their steam a little bit, uh, lost their mojo. And by the time they got out there and played, they got steamrolled, you know? Yeah. So we'll see, you know, it could work out that way, but, yeah. uh, but it's it's up to it's up to the players. The fans did their part last night, and it was a shame they got to see such a lousy ball game. Yeah, that yeah. Was, I, Stan, I've been at the last two, and they were um, really difficult yeah, to watch. Really, it, really stinkers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, 
a Jack Flaherty stand, you know, he he fed off the electricity of the crowd last night. He strikes out the first two batters of the game. Uh, he retires nine of the first ten batters that he faces last night through three innings. Uh, gave up the home run and the double. Gave up two runs total in the fourth inning. And then he came out in the fifth and he allowed each of the first two batters to reach before being removed. Uh, ended up giving up three runs in four-plus innings last night. Does Jack Flaherty make another start for the Orioles this year? Uh, that's, a, that's, a, that's a good question. Um, I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure whether he does or not. He just uh, has been such a disappointment, you know. And I, it's funny, I talked to Spielberg about him yesterday, uh, hosting Glenn's show, and uh, Spielberg says somebody that's generally had the shoulder issues that he has, what they have a tough time getting back is the, their release point. Mm-hmm. And uh, he looked he looked pretty electric, though, for three innings last night. I had a funny story last night. I remembered, I remembered that the Maryland game was on, on television, and all of a sudden and I wanted to tape it. So mm-hmm. I hit my guide button right during that break, commercial break before Brandon Lyle came up and hit the home run. It took me, it must have been six minutes to get back to, to Apple TV, uh, you know, it's just uh, it's uh, that that thing is amazing. Uh, Apple TV that mm. that in 2023 they don't have streaming down to a higher level that you don't have situations how long it takes to you know and losing the, the feed momentarily happens all the time on Apple TV. Yeah, they they've got to get that figured out, and and I feel like they've also got got to find a way to let fans who don't have Apple TV watch their teams play when they're on that when they're on that. And I get that the, the, the whole point is yeah, trying to have I, a monopoly on yeah, Friday nights but yeah. but yeah. you know Yeah, I I would agree with you. I think it's, it really doesn't do a service to the hometown. It yeah, really doesn't. It, it, you've got to be able to see I'll the game, especially a game like, too, like that. You, Go ahead. Yeah, you one other thing, seriously. I I've watched thousands of baseball games. Uh, that the announcer last night what was his name Alex Faust. Is that the play-by-play guy? I'm not sure. I was at the game. Okay, he he had when when Harold Ramirez hit the home run. Mm-hmm. He identified him. He identified him. He, you know, he goes, "Here's the pitch to Rayleigh," and he goes, "He hits it a long way." You know, in the same at bat, he called the player who hit the ball Brooks Rayleigh and Harold Ramirez. Might seem like a minor thing. Well, we all make mistakes. I've never seen a mistake of that proportion before. It was just really terrible. I, it was almost like he must have been watching his monitor, not the game or something. I don't know how you make a mistake between a white player and a Latina player and a right-hander and a left-hander. Yeah. And I know we all make mistakes. That's a pretty significant mistake for an announcer to make. Stan, funny enough, I texted Paul last night uh, while I was watching the game, and yeah. I said these announcers are, or maybe more specifically, the guy you're talking about was it was just very poor last night. I, I thought the same thing. Yeah. A lot of, yeah. a lot of, uh, very, very negative Orioles connotations throughout the entire broadcast too. And I know the Orioles have been struggling lately, but it it seems like they got very little credit for the season they've had so far. It was all kind of doom and gloom the entire broadcast. So I thought the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, those people come in, you know, they come in for, for one game like that, and, and I didn't get the sense that they really had uh, their their grip on the whole story. You know, the whole story last night was Tampa, and that's sort of 
that's that's how newspapers uh, i mean that's how reporters do stuff the national reporters they come in and they just see the story that day and i didn't think they did a, a great job on that yeah spielberg's yeah. is very interesting he, he's not everybody's cup of tea i he's he's much smarter than i thought the more i talked to him uh I, I respect him, but he's not a polished broadcaster yet, but uh, I respect him. I just had to observe that that, that mistake that Faust made was, uh, and I, I don't harp on that too much. You know, we all make mistakes, sure. but that was a pretty cataclysmic mistake, I thought. Stan, when I was out at the winter meetings, uh, Ryan Spielborgs gave a speech that I saw, and he talked about mm-hmm. the fact that he had been traded for $1. And I thought that was the funniest thing. Someone, I, I think it was the Rockies traded him for one dollar, and I wow. just think that's the funniest right. thing about Ryan Spielberg's. But I, I, I thought right. he, uh, I didn't even know he was a, a broadcaster, but I remember hearing him speak, and he's a really interesting guy. I do agree with you. Yeah, yeah. Well, he, I don't know whether it was Casey Stern took a liking to him or not over on XM. When I used to listen to him, I, there was a time I go, God, this guy's really annoying because I used to love the the. The radio show that helped me really regain my uh, my traction as a fan was uh, the um, Power Alley with um, it was it the Power Alley the the show with Casey Stern and Jim Bowden. I used to listen to it every day for th- three years, four years, whatever. And then Casey Stern left, and they put this guy. And it started no, at first Bowden left. I don't think Casey Stern and Bowden really got along that well, and Bowden left. And they, they they had Brad Lidge in, and then then Spielberg's came on. He's you know he's he's not a, he's an acquired taste a little bit, but he's um, he's interesting. He's interesting. And Sam, before before we let you go, John Means made his return to the mound after Tommy John surgery on Tuesday. Five innings pitched, three runs, two home runs, no walks, but just the one K. Um, it, it, hindsight's twenty twenty, of course, and it, they the Orioles didn't lose the game last night because of pitching. But uh, were you a little surprised that the Orioles uh, didn't go to, back to a five-man rotation, so they lined it up with Bradish, Grayson, Kramer, and Means against Tampa Bay? Well, they had they had every opportunity to do that, Paul. And uh, I think um, what you're hoping with John Means is that there's not, there's no necessity to put some added pressure of a series like that on him. He's going to have every opportunity down these next you know, 12, 14 days of the regular season, he's going to have every opportunity and in the playoffs to pitch his way into where he deserves to be right now. You know, making it out that his first, his comeback start in the major leagues has got to be in a pressure packed series. I don't know that that would have served any purpose at all. You, you, you can't, when somebody's coming back for Tommy John, I don't think you can even really, contemplate that they're going to pitch five innings their first game. Um, Some do, some don't. John was fairly ready. Uh, But I don't think, I don't think he's, it's not like Jim Palmer was coming back. Yeah, that's true. I mean, John means, John means had, had, of course had that no hitter. He was fantastic when the, the club had nobody on that pitching mound. He was somebody that you could wrap your arms around and say, Hey, this is, what a real pitching will be like again, but that guy, that guy doesn't exist right now. You yeah. know, can he over his next 20, 30 innings become that guy again? Yeah. But I would, there's no, no way, shape or form 
would I have put him in in that series uh, that it had to be in that series? So I think they did the right thing. And then real quick, the three innings that Jack Flaherty started the game with last night were as good as any that he's thrown this season for the Orioles. Do you think that maybe that was a, um, without even realizing it, a nice audition for a bullpen role for him in the postseason? Uh, that that's where I see Jack Flaherty being able to help the Orioles right now. Um, but but I'll be honest with you, I don't know Jack Flaherty that well. Um, uh, you know he's he's had a. Do we lose you? You there, Stan? I'm still here. You broke you up. Still a hear bit. me? Yeah, you you broke up for just a second. Okay. Uh, he's had a tough initiation here in the Baltimore Orioles uniform. Mm-hmm. I see right now that I asked Spielberg this question yesterday. I said, if you were his agent, would you be urging him to, to really contemplate becoming a, a short-inning guy? Uh, because the guy that I've seen make six, six or seven starts for the Orioles, his stuff just does not play in the major leagues right now. Right. Now, can he come back and be something special again? It's possible, but it doesn't look that way. And I think uh, the Orioles, if they, it's important to get a player's buy-in. And I, I have no idea what his mindset is right now. I know he's really bummed. He looked, he looked last night, absolutely freaked out that Brian, that Brandon Hyde came out and got the ball from him, like that he had never been treated that way before. You know, mm-hmm. but uh, I think Brandon Hyde gave him absolutely the right amount of rope. Uh, it's unfortunate uh, that DL Hall he didn't come in, he didn't come in to replace him, but he came in to replace Webb. DL Hall had one job last night, and that was keep the game close, and yeah. he failed miserably at that job. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. All right, Sam, what do you got coming up this week? Uh, Ross and uh, Luke and I will uh, be um, on Monday at about three thirty in the afternoon for people that can watch it live on Facebook Live and YouTube uh, or pick it up after it's it's aired live. Uh, and I still don't have a guest for this week. I've been holding out for somebody, and their schedule's been pretty tough. So uh, we're trying to get on both Terry Hazeltine and Jeff Newman to talk about the Maryland Five Star event coming up uh, October 19th through the 22nd. So... That's what I got coming up this week. All right. Sounds good, Stan. Thanks for the time. As always, we will talk to you next week. Enjoy the rest of your Baltimore sports weekend. All right. Thank you, Paul. See you. Bye-bye. And Zach. Bye. That was Stan the Fan Charles, who has changed up the format for his weekly shows. Now, every Monday at 6 p.m., Stan will be joined by former Orioles pitcher Ross Grimsley and Press Box's managing editor Luke Jackson to break down the latest with the Birds. Every Thursday night, Stan and Gary Stein will chat with a different newsmaker from the world of sports. You can watch the shows live at Facebook.com slash PressBox or find them the next day at PressBoxOnline.com slash video and YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. So join Stan, Ross, and Luke this and every Monday night. Also, as we've been telling you at the beginning of the program today, we need you tuning into the show to comment on our Facebook live stream about any comment you want to put down. You can say, Paul, I hate that hat on you. You can say, Zach, why are you wearing the Ravens shirt? The uh, the, the Ravens played like crap the other day. They're not going to go anywhere. I don't <laughs> care what the comment is. Get on here. Make, make a comment. You have an opportunity to win two sweet tickets with food and drink to tonight's Orioles game uh, through, sports, through Superbook. 
partnered with PressBox. They're giving away two sweet tickets to whoever makes the comment that we deem to be the best comment today. <clears throat> so please leave a comment on our Facebook Live page saying you want to go to the game with Superbook and we will pick one comment randomly as the winner. The winner's tickets will be transferred this afternoon so you can see the O's versus Rays in style tonight. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll go right into sounding off with Zach Goodman. Zach, uh, what do you want to sound off on today? Two things, um, and then more of a general discussion that we'll get to in a second. But the Nats and the Pirates completed a game uh, just a few days ago in an hour 50. That is the shortest MLB game in 10 years. Um, also, just recently in September, I think it was September 8th, MLB crossed the 3,000th stolen base of the year. Last year, the number was 2,486 on stolen bases. So, my point overall here is that there were major rule changes uh, coming into the 2023 season, bigger bases, the pitch clock. That's the two I kind of want to have a, just a general discussion about. We're in September. We're coming down the home stretch of the regular season. The pitch clock has been received, I, I think, pretty well, generally, by, by everyone, and, and a lot shorter games have happened. Games really closer to, to two hours and three hours have happened throughout the season. Stolen bases are way up. Over 500 more have already taken place, and there's going to be more uh, by the, the end of the season these last two weeks paul what's your overall take on just the, the the new mlb rule changes do you want the pitch clock to stay the bigger bases what do you think um i like the speed of the game i do too i was i didn't at the beginning of the year because i was like i don't want i want to sit down at seven o'clock and know i'm watching baseball for the next three hours yeah but <clears throat> now that i'm working a, adam jones is calling currently uh, yep, so I I, that was up. that was a surprise. I wasn't sure if he was going to call in or not. Adam Jones joining the podcast with us live, uh, joining us live on the program right now. Adam and I were corresponding last night, and uh, wasn't sure if we were going to hear from him this evening after his celebration. But really special, biggest guest in the history of the program joining us, former Orioles center fielder, uh, newest Orioles retiree, the captain Adam Jones. It's Paul. It's Zach. Thank you so much for joining us on the Battle Round today. How are you, man? Uh, no problem. No problem, gentlemen. Uh, man, I'm feeling good. It was a hell of a night last night. I hope you guys were there. Um, it, it was just a celebration. I'm truly, truly humbled by everything. Obviously, Baltimore is a second home to me. And, you know, hopefully maybe one day it might be a permanent home. But it was, it was amazing. Family and friends get to come out. Everybody came out and celebrated. So forever grateful. Adam, I was at the game last night. I made sure to be in the stadium by 6.30 so we could see the on-field the on field, uh, ceremony for you. Uh, all of your former – a lot of your former teammates, a lot of your closest friends from the, uh, those those really nice five years for the Orioles were on the field last night. What did it mean to you to see them there, to see that video montage that the Orioles put up on the scoreboard for you? And what was the overall feeling while you were on there just being celebrated by a sellout crowd and all of your former teammates? I mean, it's just, it's truly humbling. Obviously, you play the game to win, Erm Edwards. Um, that's the that's the number one reason why we play. Um, but you also play to you know you you have to understand and respect the accolades that come with it. You know, when you play for a long time, good things happen, and you know sometimes you get celebrated. And I, it, it was just extremely humbling that uh, these guys spent their own money, their own time. These are very busy guys with multiple kids. Um, who were doing a lot of things, and they took their time to come out and celebrate us and celebrate me. So with C.D., Marcakis, who's, you can't, I, it's, that guy's impossible to track down. 
Um, Luke Scott on the video looking like a old, look like he's from the old 007 uh, game. You don't know where the hell he's at in the world. Um, <laughs> but, but, but all the guys that came out there, O'Day, uh, my boy LJ, uh, the video tribute. It's just the Orioles did it right. And, uh, again, forever grateful for my time here and, you know, for uh, what, a, what a great future they have here. Now, Adam, uh, we heard that originally the Orioles had approached you about throwing out the first pitch to Cedric Mullins, but that you said you had somebody in mind. Nick Markakis on the field last night got one of the biggest ovations of anybody. You threw out the first pitch to him, bringing it back uh, 21-10 Utah. Uh, what was that moment like, and how did that all come to fruition? Well, I mean, you just say what you want to, you want to get done, and, you know, when you when you when you are, are firm with what you want to get done, good things happen and you can get it done. But it's Nick Markakis. Come on. Yeah. Us, it's Nick Markakis. That was my throwing mate for seven years. We threw knuckleballs, curveballs, sinkers. We did everything together and that's that's my dude right there. So it was fitting. I'm glad that he's it's um it was his first time back at Camden Yard since retirement. And, you know, it was it, what an ovation. I knew that that would happen and he needed that. And, you know, that, that's my dude right there. We, we just go way back like Jerry Curls, and <laughs> that's, my, that's, that's my guy. And it, it, was, it was perfect. It fitted that. It was my, the last throw. You know, obviously I'm sure I'll throw more first pitches, but that one had to be with Nick because that's just my, that's my ace right there when it came to, uh, to playing here. Yeah, it was absolutely the perfect moment last night. You throwing the, that first pitch to him. Hopefully, we'll be celebrating uh, Nick Markakis going into the Orioles Hall of Fame at some point, uh, maybe next year as well. Now, another guy, Adam, that got a really big ovation last night was Chris Davis. And for me, that really warmed my heart because he was as prolific a power hitter as there was in the game for about a five-year stretch. And then we all know the struggles he had towards the end of his career and then having to retire early. Uh what does that say about the Orioles fans and the city of Baltimore that despite the most recent memory being his tremendous struggles, when, when they showed him, he got maybe the biggest ovation of everybody? Well, fans understand that sport and the person are two different things. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, well, I should say the smart fan does. Um, the idiot fan just looks at the guy as that his, his only worth is what he is between the lines. Right. CD's worth is what he is to his family and friends around him and to the community. Again, between the lines, that is one of the hardest things to do in mankind. I told my kids this morning, 43,000 people were watching you yesterday. There's only 18 players on the field. You do the math. So you just have to understand, between the lines, it's extremely, extremely hard. And people that try to forget that, that's when I lose patience because, like, you're making all this money, you should be able to know. The game is still hard. No matter how much money I'm making, the game is still hard. But what CD continuously did was came to work every day, put on a big smile, worked his ass off, but the results weren't there. So people just completely did and uh, duped him on that. But the work he continuously did in the children's hospital and all that kind of stuff in the community, that right there is what, uh, is what stands out to me. Because at the end of the day, he's, not, he's a transplant. He's not from here. He's a Texas boy. But he came here and he knew that the impact that he could have in the community is bigger than a, bigger than a white baseball and a bat. And he is the uh, example for even me that, you know, even though you go through struggles, hey, there's still there's still good deeds and things that need to be done. Yeah. And it was just it was I remember being at games, 
hearing fans boo, I always cheered for the guy because of what he meant to this team. And he was, like I said, as dangerous a hitter. That's another guy who, to me, in, in a few years, I think he has every right to have his picture out there uh, behind behind the center field wall uh, as part of this Orioles, as going down in this Orioles uh, franchise history as one of the great players that they've ever had. And like you said, a great a great human being, great for the community. Uh, you mean more than what you do between the white lines, and I'm glad you said that and you put it so so nicely. Now, Adam, getting to the game itself last night, you know, uh, I think it was just the third sellout crowd um, in the for this season. Everybody's there to celebrate you. The atmosphere is electric. Jack Flaherty comes comes out and he strikes out two of the first three batters. He shoves for three innings until you know gave up a little bit there in the fourth and fifth innings, but not a bad performance. The Orioles' offense is really struggling, and you were on a team back in 2012 that wasn't. Nobody expected them to be there. They made that long that that nice playoff run to get into the playoffs. What's that atmosphere like in the clubhouse? Is this a situation where maybe the offense is pressing a little bit too much because of what's in front of them, or is it just the ebbs and flows of a of a uh, of a major league season? You guys always answer the question at the end of it, but then you want to hear our soundbite. It, it's <laughs> the it's the roller coaster of a season. It's game one forty something. I'm not fifty something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the guys have never played past into September. Um, very important games. You got to travel. You just got the heat wave just left. Now it's cooling down. I mean, there's so many things. You got a tough series uh, with with Tampa. You faced a hell of a pitcher last night, and Eflin, who's been throwing the ball really well. It, it's you know the Oilers. Though I think the Oilers on a four game skid right now, but you know that that's that's part of it. That's just part of the grind. It's part of the maturation. This is what builds the character. You can't always, you know, uh, you're not, they're not babies. You can't give them a, a, a binky and stop, the, and stop the crying. What you need to do is you just got to step back, take a deep breath, and just get back to what you've been doing. But at the same time, the other teams that you're playing are trying to smack you in the mouth. So if no one's going to lay down and let the Orioles just beat them. So it's just, this is September baseball. This is what we wanted. We want exciting games in September, and this is what you're getting. So um, you not you didn't get the result the last four days, but it's still time, and you're still you're going to the playoffs. But I think everybody wants and knows that the division is what we need because you get that rest off, especially with the younger guys. Let them let them get away, let their bodies heal a little bit, and then get into that division series. I know that this was a heartbreaking season for you, the 2014 Orioles, as good a chance as any team in the last 30 years to go to a World Series. 96 wins. You all win the division halfway through September. And it was the first division title since since 1997. Then you get into the playoffs, and you, you know it was, it was a nice run. You sweep Detroit, and then you go to play Kansas City. You don't have uh, Matt Wieters, Manny Machado, Chris Davis, and... Despite only being outscored by six runs, get swept. And I'm not trying to bring that up. I don't want to bring that up. I know that that's, that that's like a heartbreaking situation. How does this? No, it ain't. It's reality. Yeah, yeah. That's that's true. <laughs> How does the 2023 Baltimore Orioles compare from what you've seen to that 2014 team? And when your team is that good and you're winning so many games, what's that camaraderie like when you know that you can that you get that feeling? You go out there and you know that you can beat anybody that goes up against you. So here's the thing. I said in my press conference yesterday. The Orioles team now is nothing like us in 14. They're like the Royals in 14, unfortunately, where they're, they're not a big power-hitting team. They play the small ball game. They play with their legs. They play with athleticism. The 14 Royals, 
They didn't. They put the ball in play more than we did. We had bigger boppers. We struck out more. We, but we both had the same defense. We both had great defenses. So when you put the ball in play more, you, it doesn't matter how good your defense is. It increases the chances of opportunities of errors or something. When you strike out more, you know what happens. You throw the ball around the infield. So um, this Orioles team reminds me of the Royals, where the athleticism plays. When they get on base, they're moving. They go first or third better than anybody in baseball. That's like the old Angels style of playing with under social, where they go first or third no matter what. Uh, they score on every double. They score on every single. Like it's just a, it's a more athletic team than we had, um, and it's just, it's just a different team. So it's to me that's why I say any game they're never out of it because you know when 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 the strikeout is a big part of is a part of your your identity. Like okay, then you got the the nasty pitchers at the end of the game that oh have wipeouts stuff where they strike you out. When with the Orioles, even when they face these nasty closer setup men, they, they put the ball in play so much to where something's going to happen late in the game, a walk or something where they extend the inning, and it's, it, they have so many come-from-behind wins. And I've watched a lot of games. Some one through six innings, sometimes you'll be like, well, okay, um, they might have not came today. Then you go seven through nine, you're like, yeah, they're, they're just saving the best for last. Yeah, and, and it's, it's, it's when I look back at when I look at this team, when I look at that 2014 team, the one similarity, I know that you said they, they're just like the Kansas City Royals and they're, they're scrappy and they're, they're going to play this this fundamental game. The one thing I do look at with this team is that the second half of 2014 with the Orioles, they went out there and you thought they were going to win every single game and it seemed like they just about did. It's, it's a rarity that you feel like your team is going to go out there and win every single time they step on the field. This team isn't supposed to be doing that, Adam. They, 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 they're led by, you know, Adley Rutschman, who's in, in his second full season. Gunnar Henderson, who's, like, leading the charge for Rookie of the Year at 22 years old. Is there a sort of confidence that comes over, to you, that comes over you when you're playing this well that just makes you think, you know what, bring whatever you got because you, you can't beat us tonight? I mean, who, hey, leaders, leaders, there's not an age on leadership. It's uh, yeah, there's no age. You could be 18 years old when Manny Machado came on uh, August 6th. You can feel that okay, this is going to be his team soon. Like it's it's just it's just a different energy. So I don't really buy into the age or they're young. These guys are 24, 25 years old. Like he's gonna 22. Hey, when you're a leader, you're a leader. That just is what it is. Um, it's just these dudes just have to continuously go out there and play the style that they're playing. Uh, it, it fits this city. Uh, the athleticism fits it. The just everybody every night is dirty. It fits that. Baltimore fans love that. Uh, again, with the Chargers with Mullins, uh, you added Hicks, who got a, a revampedness uh, coming over from New York. Uh, adding that veteran presence, you got Gibson, who's uh, one of the leaders in wins in the division, 35 years old, being the catalyst of that pitching staff. Bradish, no one expected Bradish to be uh, what number one or the top three in WHIP. Right. Guys, got a, a you know flirting with a three ERA. Definitely going to garner uh, a lot of Cy Young votes. Um, you got Kramer stepping up. These guys are approaching 180 innings. Like no one expected that. A lot of people expected the merry-go-round. Okay, they played good last year. This year will still be a little bit more rebuilding. No, these guys ain't rebuilding. They re- they 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 are buying real estate in other people's towns, and it's fun to see. That was the best in 14. 12 through, 12 through 16, we go on the road, and we be buying real estate there. We come in there to take y'all, fans, okay? That's what we're coming to do. And you look at the Orioles' record, I think it's like even split home-home, mm-hmm. something like that. And, like, that means that they're going on the road, and they're shutting up them home fans. And 
when when the Orioles are winning, there's so many fans that are from Baltimore that have spread out throughout the United States. And it's always great because Seattle, you get a lot. Oakland, you get a lot. The whole West Coast. And then you get into Texas, you get a lot of fans down there. So it's really good. The Orioles fans don't travel like the Yankees in Boston, obviously bigger markets in L.A. and the Cubs. But the Orioles fans do travel really well when you're winning. And it's, it's amazing when you, can, uh, when you can hear your fans cheering over theirs on the road. Yeah, we've heard a lot of O oh, in the national anthem during road games this year. That's oh, what I'm talking the about. Broadcast. There's nothing better than that. Yeah, it's 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 awesome. The Orioles fans have traveled well. Ravens fans always travel well too. Um, so it, it, when they play well, the the fans show up, and it's nice to see them playing well and putting that rebuild behind them, starting to starting to play some playoff caliber baseball. Uh, Adam, are we going to see you back in Baltimore when the Orioles are hosting the home playoff game this year? Ooh, that's a good question. That is a good question. Uh, the answer is probably yes. Um, I'm just working out the logistics, but yes, uh, it, it'll be a good chance. I mean, uh, I've been in, I've been in a playoff game, but I ran out on the field. It'll be a little bit different sitting uh, sitting in a in a press box, uh, eating some ice cream, watching them <laughs> dudes run out on the field. <laughs> well, we certainly hope to see you back. Before we let you go, tell us a little bit about the Adam Jones podcast and your role uh, with the commissioner in Major League Baseball. I appreciate it. So yeah, the Adam Jones podcast, man, it's just me and Jerry Coleman, obviously. He's been around Baltimore for a very long time, well-known guy around here. But we're just talking sports, local things, telling some stories, some experiences that I've had, been through, and having some of my, uh, my, my closest friends and adversaries on the podcast, just telling stories, explaining the game, trying to give a different perspective because it's easy for anybody else outside to talk about baseball or talk about any sport, but when you hear it from the horse's mouth, it's always a little bit more – it's just different and more genuine. So um, – it, we're just, I'm just trying to just give insight and, and be humorous with, with some of my experiences, my travels, my family, and everything's going on. I wear Jerry out on a consistent basis as he loves it. Um, and he's just having a good time. And also with the CAP program, CAP program is the commissioner's uh, ambassador program. And basically it's 12 guys. I'm an advisor to those 12 guys with C.C. Sabathia, Raul Ibanez. And it is just giving back to baseball. You have so many great, great legends of this game. Uh, but great guys in this game that did so many great things in their individual markets that it's time for us to uh, to give back, but on the on the commissioner side, to where we're giving back in the inner cities. We're giving back our time. We're showing up and and bridging this gap between the players and the and the commissioner's office. I'm tired. There's no more. And you've seen it this year with the media. There's very rare little stories of the pitch clock of um, of anything with the timers that like Ken Rosenthal's and the big name guys, you don't see any of those guys having these articles because they come to us. You want, you want, you, you're mad about, you're disgruntled about a rule that's going on or something like that. Cause I'm on one of the rules committees. Talk to me. Let's talk. We don't, you don't need to tell uh, any of these big media outlets that, Oh, I don't like how this is going. Screw this guy. Screw that. Talk to us and let's get it resolved because hey, we're grown men at the end of the day. Right. Well, that, that, that's awesome, Adam. We're, we're glad that you have uh, such a – we're glad to see you back in the, like, with, with the team. We missed Adam too, Jones brother. in Baltimore. We just missed you here, man. It's great to see you out at the field having a presence with, with this team. Uh, welcome back to Baltimore. Well-deserved retiring as an Oriole. Thank you so much for everything you did for our team and bringing, bringing winning baseball back to Baltimore in 2012. Thank you. And hey, I also wanted to say uh, one thing. Um, Dan Conley wrote a really good article. He sent it to me this morning. And I had my wife read it, and she was like, damn, that's pretty cool. So you might want to check it out. Um, it, it, it's, it's just a match made in heaven. 
And mm. if you see my press conference yesterday, it, it's it's fitting. I look good yeah. in the black and orange. Yeah, man, you do. <laughs> yeah, man, you do. Hey, um, yeah, Dan Connolly's a friend of the show. We've had him on quite a few times, so I'll definitely be checking out that article. Before I let you go, I, I did a little bit of a stint at 105.7. I produced for Jerry Coleman a handful of times. Oh, nice. Uh, Jerry is one of the most misunderstood people in Baltimore sports. He's actually a really nice guy. He's really particular, uh, but he's a hard worker. So tell Jerry that Paul Valley said hello the next time you talk to him, all right? Will do. He's a, he's a hard worker. He's quirky and cheap, but yeah. he's, 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 he's fun to be around. Yeah, Jer- Jer- Jerry's good people, man. Adam, he big is. big treat. Thank you so much for calling into the show, man. We certainly appreciate it. Can't wait to see you in October, man, all right? I appreciate it, brother. All right, take care. Ladies and gentlemen, Adam freaking Jones, the captain, joining us here on the bat around. No question about it, the biggest guest we've ever had on the show. Thank you so much to Adam for calling in. Uh, Zach, I didn't tell you about it because I wasn't sure if he was going to call in or yeah, not. Well, when, I, when I heard the phone ring, I'm like, oh my God, he's calling. <laughs> uh, like, it I, was That was awesome, a real special treat. I know it's been in the works for a little while, so you yeah. had told me a few weeks ago, so it's uh, it's good to finally get him on. And it's not, you know, if we'd had him a few weeks ago, it would have been cool, but it's even cooler now that we have him after what happened last yeah, night. Yeah, the, so the, the morning after he, gets in, it, he retires as an Oriole. For those of you that are tuning in now now that you're tuning in superbook and Pressbox are teaming up to give you a chance to win two free tickets to a luxury suite with free food and drink for two nights game all you have to do is go to our facebook live stream and leave a comment saying you want to go to the game that's all you got to do leave a comment saying that you want to go to the game tonight and we will pick one winner to give two Free sweet tickets with free food and drink for tonight's game brought to you by Superbook Sports and Press Box. Leave your comment. No free parking. Got to find your own parking, but hey, it's worth it if you're getting to spend tonight's game with the top two teams in the American League squaring off. Grayson Rodriguez, Tyler Glass now in an epic showdown tonight, and you can watch it from the comfort and luxury of a suite. So leave your comment now on our Facebook live stream. We have got to catch a break when we come back in the payoff pitch around the league and Nathan Ruiz from the Baltimore Sun. That's all next on the Battle Round. Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code PRESSBOX23. So bet with the best and use promo code PRESSBOX23 this football season with Superbook. Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. What's up, everyone? It's Tyus Bowser, and I've had so much fun hanging out with Rita and putting up with Glenn the last couple years that I've decided to do it again. Season three of the Tyus Bowser Show is happening this year as we'll be all over town, giving you the chance to get to know me and some of my teammates. As we talk football, life in general, and just say what needs to be said, you can find out more about the show by going to pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. If you don't live in the area, you can watch the shows live on Facebook and YouTube. And if you miss one, you can listen Friday nights at 105.7 The Fan. So we'll see you all season long for the Tyus Bowser Show. 
episode. A partnership, a press box, and great ace memorabilia. Gambling problem? Visit helpmygamblingproblem.org. The next highest Bowser show is Tuesday, September 12th at the Hamilton Sports Bar and Grill, 5506 Hartford Road. It's brought to you by Superbook Sports. Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken, a family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. Visit Harford County this fall. Celebrate Arts Across Harford September 15th through the 30th with dance, theater, music, and visual arts. September 29th through October 1st is the largest Italian festival in Maryland, featuring entertainment, cooking demonstrations, a bocce tournament, and family fun. If you're headed to the Maryland Five Star, stay and play in Harford County. While you're there, enjoy the scenic views atop the king and queen seats and experience pumpkin patches, corn mazes, and fall brews along their Harford Life Trail. For more info, head to visit Harford.com. Maryland Open. Picking a restaurant to try for the first time? Let's look at the Costas Inn. Here's a few checklist items. Quality of the food? Check. Quality of service? Check. Does restaurant have plenty of free parking? Check. And finally, does restaurant have delicious steamed crabs, crab cakes, crab soup, and specials galore? Check, check, check. Costas Inn, 4100 North Point Boulevard. They check all the boxes. The Maryland Five Star returns to iconic Fair Hill October 19th to 22nd, marking the next chapter in Maryland's equestrian tradition. Best described as the triathlon of horse eventing, you won't want to miss this thrilling sport. Enjoy a fall festival with local fair, retail vendors, and tons of family fun. Come for the event and stay for the experience in Cecil County, home to the Chesapeake Bay waterfront with vibrant small towns and accommodations to suit every desire. It's the place to be in October. Visit Maryland5star.us for tickets. Welcome back into the bat around. We are still just so hyped that Adam Jones just called into the show. The, <laughs> the morning after he retires as a Baltimore Oriole with a, a ceremony that admittedly had me choked up for about 15 minutes last night. First, it was seeing Adam Jones come in, seeing everybody cheer about about uh, about him. And then all the all the former players, um, you know, being on the field and the video montage and all that and. Uh, just awesome to see. And then I'm looking around, and I'm looking at a, a packed house, uh, just nothing but orange and black. Looking at a packed house, and it reminded me of twenty of 2012, the Cal Ripken statue game. Yeah. Uh, when I walked in, right as Matt Weeders was hitting a three run homer, and all I saw was a, was a sea of orange in the first inning, and it reminded me of that, and that got me choked up. I, 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 my my wife thinks it's endearing that stuff like this like hits me <laughs> right in the feels. Um. And maybe it is. I can't help it, man. I, lo- I love the Orioles. I love this. I love this team. I love this town. Um, and just, uh, I wish they would have played better. I wish they would have played better last night because that atmosphere was just awesome. There was a potential to have that place rocking, collapsing that stadium, and uh, they they just they didn't they didn't come out hitting. They and they haven't for a, quite a few days. Yeah, now. but uh, definitely awesome that Adam called in. That was. Well, one of the probably the highlight of of my hosting this show was getting to have Adam Jones. Yeah, we've had some. I mean, we've had Gunnar Henderson. We've had uh, Ken Singleton was a really cool guest. We've had some really cool ones. But I, Adam Jones is different. 
uh, yeah. because just of what he's done here and, and played a longer career than those other two guys as well, yeah, obviously. So. At, uh, uh, maybe next to Frank Robinson, the most uh, prominent and uh, best outfielder in Orioles history. And he's probably the most likable guy in mm-hmm. Orioles history. Like Brooks Robinson, super likable, but not so much, I, I guess, our era. Adam Jones is just so likable and nicest guy. Gives back to the community. He does everything you would want a star player in a community to do. So yeah. it's you know it's it's Adam Jones. Yeah. What more needs to be said? Exactly. Um, now it's time for everybody's favorite. It's not everybody's favorite. <laughs> everybody's uh, favorite. The the payoff pitch around the league. Heston cursed at homers, and that was about it. As the Orioles' bats remained dormant in an embarrassing two-hit performance, losing to the Rays seven to one to fall into a virtual tie for the AL East division lead. In a game that was meaningless last, as that was as meaningless last night as it will be tomorrow, the Yankees scored four in the ninth to turn a five to three deficit into a seven to five lead, winning over the Pirates by that same score. Luis Arise homered twice, the second of which highlighted a five-run seventh as the Marlins downed the Braves 9-6 to to keep their wild-card hopes alive. Jose Barrios struck out eight over seven shutout innings, and Vladdy Jr. provided all the offense with a three-run third-inning blast as Toronto rebounded from a four-game sweep at the hands of the Rangers to shut out Boston 3-0 and pull within a half game of the Mariners for the third wild-card spot. Josh Naylor collected four hits and three ribeye stakes to back a 12K, seven shutout inning performance from Lucas Giolito in Cleveland's 12-3 win over Texas. The Rangers' loss dropped the Orioles' playoff magic number down to three. Jonathan India hit a two-run shot in the, in the top half of the seventh inning to break a 3-3 tie as the Reds held off the Mets 5-3. Royce Lewis became the first player all-time to hit five grand slams in his first 16 career home runs, setting a franchise record with his fourth slam of the season to lead the Twins over the White Sox 10-2. Bobby Witt Jr., Nelson Velasquez, and Mike Massey each homered as the Royals surprised the, surprised the Astros 4-2. For once on a Friday, Willie Adams was held hitless as Carlos Santana stole the show with two home runs and Wade friggin' Miley pitched into the sixth inning to pick up his eighth win, a 5-3 Brewers victory over the Nationals. Nick Castellanos homered and drove in three to lead the Phillies over the Cardinals 5-4. Chase Anderson struck out seven and allowed one earned run in seven hitless innings as the Rockies took a combined no-hitter into the ninth before J.D. Davis led off with a double, eventually scoring the go-ahead run on a Wilmer Flores bases-loaded walk but Colorado still claimed bragging rights as Ella Harris Montero singled home two in the bottom half to walk off the Giants 3-2. Boy, that was a mouthful. Uh, Javi Baez and Jake Rogers combined for five hits, five runs, and five RBIs, including two home runs out of the seven, eight holes to lead the Tigers in the 11-1 drubbing of the Angels. Lourdes Gurriel and Alec Thomas clubbed a pair of three-run homers to provide the necessary offense as Arizona slowed down the Cubs 6-4. The win ties Arizona with the Reds for the third and final wildcard spot and pulls them within a, half, within a game and a half of the Cubs for the second spot. Fernando Tatis Jr. homered and drove in three, and the Padres stole five bases and handing the A's their 101st loss, 8-3. Miguel Rojas, Zach's favorite shortstop, homered, as did James Altman, and J.D. Martinez drove in two as the Dodgers did the Orioles a favor, beating the Mariners 6-3. Willie Adams is my favorite shortstop, just to make sure I can't, That you. can't be true. <laughs> that can't, you, that can't be not, true. He's not. It, he, well, never mind. I'll let you finish. I don't want to get into a Willie Adams discussion. Yeah. And we know his name is Willie Adamas. Just <laughs> for the record, we know that his name we do is Willie Adamas. Zach, how are we looking with the comments over there? Uh, only two so far that actually said they want the, the tickets from Superbook. I, I think that's part of the context where you actually have to say you want the tickets from Superbook. So, yeah. Only two um, so far. I don't know why, but... I posted on my personal Facebook page um, 
for the uh, for people to, to to leave a comment on the Facebook stream. My wife commented wrong page. I was just posting that on my personal <laughs> Facebook page in case yeah. people saw it, they could tune into sure. the show. Let me edit this to put in. Um, if it ends up being two, what are we going to do? Flip a coin? Is that how we're going to do it? No, we'll just we'll just we'll just pick one. Okay. Um, <laughs> but guys, get creative. Get creative with this. I, I say so, we. You need to mention. I I forgot to mention. You need to mention uh, Superbook Sports. Um, like, do people believe this is not actually like it's actually happening? This like, is actually it, we have two free yeah. luxury suite tickets with free yeah. food and drink for tonight's game uh, to give you. Yeah, uh, you just have to comment, but get creative. Uh, I want to win tickets uh, presented by uh, Superbook Sports. Yeah, so do I. Uh, you know, like like let's <laughs> Paul, let's, you, you're gonna comment <laughs> this? No, I got I got to work tonight, man. Yeah, uh, and I, I'm pretty sure I'm am ineligible. My mom um, texted me and she said, "Can I comment?" And I said, "No, you can't comment." You I mean, she could. I, I mean, mean, she's somebody who tunes in. That's, that's uh, n- if she takes you. That's kind of a well, right. I, I think it's but a pretty like, good chance that we don't pick Zach's mom. I was gonna say, like, if she got, we're not gonna pick her. So I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, I think there's there's a good chance that we don't pick Zach's mom. But, um, <laughs> I mean, what's the word for that? Nepotism. Yeah. 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 Um, I don't know. This this is a great opportunity for you all. I'm surprised that AJ hasn't tuned in. Uh, to win some tickets. Yeah, where's, yet. where's AJ? Where's AJ? Yeah, he comments on. on every show. In the on. one And the one week where his comments can win him something, it, he it's crickets. Right. Like radio what's, silence. What's going on, AJ? Yeah, radio silence from the guy. Don't so. don't Stan and AJ know each other like pretty well. I have I, no idea. Because one time I I said something and and AJ said, "Well, tell Stan he knows me. He know." So I I guess they know each other. Stan should should get on him about this. I mean, come on. They he he comments on every show, not this one. It's unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. Where are you, AJ? <laughs> yeah. That, that's, What's happening? And that's the bottom line. Are you done, by the way? Are you are you done with your uh, payoff pitch around the league? Yeah, that, oh, that, okay. that was I, it. I, I, I'm sorry. I didn't say, and finally. But, okay. And All finally, right. the, the, the Dodgers beat the Mariners 6-3. What do we got on tap, Zach? All right, Giants and Rockies. To be determined, Keaton win 2-10 at Coors Field today. That's the first game of the day. Chris Sale, Chris Bassett, the two Chris's Red Sox and Jays AL East matchup 307 at the Rogers Center. Matt Waldron, Mason Miller, A's and Padres 407 at the Oakland Coliseum. Jared Schuster, Brian Hoeing, that's the Marlins and the Braves. Marlins are home at 410. Dane Dunning, Tanner Bybee, Rangers and Guardians 610 at Progressive. Tanner Bybee, one of the better rookies on the year. 303 ERA with 10 wins already. Yankees will throw to be determined. Luis L. Ortiz goes for the Pirates. That's 635 at PNC Park. Tyler Glass now takes on your Baltimore Orioles and Grayson the Big Rod Rodriguez 705 at Camden Yards. I was waiting for Paul to smile on that one. JP France Cole Raggins, Astros and Royals 710 tonight at Kauffman Stadium. Andrew Abbott Tyler McGill 710 Tyler McGill not Taylor McGill. Tyler McGill as I should say. Reds and Mets, 7-10 at City Field. Pablo Lopez goes for the Twins. Tukitsant goes for the White Sox, 7-10 in Chicago. Trevor Williams goes for the Nats. Willie Adamas and the Brewers will start Corbin Burns and at American Family Field, 7-10 tonight. Ranger Suarez, Miles Michaelis, Phillies and Cardinals, 7-15 at Bush Stadium. Giants will go with to be determined. Kyle Freeland goes for the Rockies. That's game two of a doubleheader today, 8-10 at Coors Field. Kyle Hendricks goes for the Cubs. Zach Davies, the former Orioles prospect, goes for the D-backs. That's 8-10 at Chase Field in Arizona. Sawyer Gibson Long goes for the Tigers as Tyler Anderson goes for the Angels. 9-07 at Angel Stadium. And finally, after a lot of games for today, Clinton Kershaw goes for the Dodgers, the vet, against Bryce Miller for the Mariners. That's 940 in Seattle. A lot of games today. That's a lot of games. It's, it's, it's more than usual. It's, they play 
there's 15 games every like, Saturday. It seems like more than usual. I don't no, know. There's 15, I, guess, I mean, are hmm. there any doubleheaders? Yes, there is a doubleheader. That's okay, why. So, that, that is, so that is more Gi- than usual. Giants and Rockies playing a doubleheader. 8-10 so and, uh, and two ten, which I don't know how that really makes sense. That's the scheduled times, but you know it'll start before that. So, so that's that's um, that's 16 games. There are more games, yeah. One, one more than usual. One more game. <laughs> um, you know what? we got to catch a break because um, we're, we're going to be having Nathan Ruiz on the program. We're, I think we're going to have to skip Orioles banter today, um, but that's okay because Orioles banter got replaced by Adam freaking Jones. It was so, going to be negative anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so rather fun. have the positivity of Adam Jones, who was absolutely awesome. Phenomenal. Um, yeah, it was incredible. I want to remind you, today's show is brought to you by Project, Project Game Day and Superbook Sports. The place to be after this and every Ravens game this season is Pressbox's Project Game Day. Glenn Clark and Rita Hubbard will react live to every game, offering their truly uncensored opinions about the team's decisions and results in each game. Plus, they'll be joined by some very special guests during the year, and you can chime in live during each show as well. Watch the shows live at YouTube dot com slash press box online and watch Glenn Clark radio or the NFL chick on Twitter for a zoom link that will allow you to be a part of the show. So join Glenn Rita and their special guest Vontae Leach this Sunday after Ravens Bengals project game day is brought to you by Superbook sports and help my gambling problem dot org. When we come back in from the Baltimore sun, Nathan Ruiz that's next on the battle round. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. It's a Maryland thing you wouldn't understand. Where the waves meet the shore, you will find Dorchester County. Hi, this is Jimmy Charles. When I think of Maryland, I think Dorchester County on the eastern shore where it's open for making memories. Dorchester County, it's a Maryland thing. For more info, visit www.visitdorchester.org. It's a Maryland Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code PRESSBOX23. So bet with the best and use promo code PRESSBOX23 this football season with Superbook. Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All electronic tolling is here to stay in Maryland. And DriveEasyMD.com helps you cruise a little easier. We're Maryland's tolling resource. Home to EasyPass, pay-by-play, and video tolling. It's never been easier to pay your way. DriveEasyMD.com will keep you moving. Picking a restaurant to try for the first time? Let's look at the Costas Inn. Here's a few checklist items. Quality of the food. Check quality of service check does restaurant have plenty of free parking check and finally does restaurant have delicious steamed crabs crab cakes crab soup and specials galore check 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 cost us in 4100 north point boulevard they check all the boxes 
Visit Harford County this fall. Celebrate Arts Across Harford September 15th through the 30th with dance, theater, music, and visual arts. September 29th through October 1st is the largest Italian festival in Maryland, featuring entertainment, cooking demonstrations, a bocce tournament, and family fun. If you're headed to the Maryland Five Star, stay and play in Harford County. While you're there, enjoy the scenic views atop the king and queen seats and experience pumpkin patches, corn mazes, and fall brews along their Harford Life Trail. For more info, head to visit Harford.com. Maryland opens. What's up, everyone? It's Tyus Bowser, and I've had so much fun hanging out with Rita and putting up with Glenn the last couple years that I've decided to do it again. Season three of the Tyus Bowser Show is happening this year as we'll be all over town, giving you the chance to get to know me and some of my teammates. As we talk football, life in general, and just say what needs to be said, you can find out more about the show by going to pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. If you don't live in the area, you can watch the shows live on Facebook and YouTube. And if you miss one, you can listen Friday nights at 105.7 The Fan. So we'll see you all season long for the Tyus Bowser Show a partnership of press box and great ace memorabilia gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org the next Tyus Bowser show is Tuesday September 26th at Guilford Hall Brewery in Station North it's brought to you by Superbook Sports rolling right along here on the bat around well into our number two of the program and joining us now from the Baltimore Sun he is Nathan Ruiz Nathan good morning it's Paul and Zach how are you today hey guys thanks for having me thanks for coming on to the show again we always enjoy uh, the time that we get to speak with you here on the bat around Nathan you're around this team every single day uh, the Orioles it's no it's no secret that they are struggling offensively they've mustered Eight hits the last three games. They've been two hit twice in the last three games. Um, what's the mood like in the clubhouse? Are these guys pressing because of what's in front of them, or are we just looking at you know the ups and downs of a long season? Yeah, they're avoiding you know that saying that they're pressing. It certainly does kind of have that vibe when you look at the time of year, when you look at the situation. But uh, the thing that they're emphasizing is that teams go through these kind of stretches all the time. It just feels rare because the Orioles haven't had something like this happen too often. This is only the third time this year they've scored six or fewer runs in a four-game span. Offense obviously slumping. Uh, before this four-game losing streak, they led the majors in OPS with runners in scoring position. And so to see them struggle, I think it just feels really uncharacteristic. Obviously, a really bad time for that to happen, but they also still have two games left in this series. So if they're able to go out the next two days, play like they played before these four games, and and be the kind of offense they showed themselves capable of being, I, I think things feel a lot different. But obviously when you're in the middle of it, it's really tough to feel that way. Are they kind of all walking around? I haven't seen too much from the players um, during this little stretch here. We've heard comments from um, from Kyle Gibbons, Hessen Kerstad, um, but I haven't seen or, or heard too much of how the players are feeling. Are they still walking around with confidence saying, you know, we're going to snap out of this? I, I imagine that that's what, what they're showing, but are they – is it's still, you know, a bright mood when you go into that clubhouse. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, I think this is a confident bunch. I think, you know, they're where they are for a reason. I think that confidence and team chemistry have played a big factor in getting them where they are. So I don't think this is a thing where they're hanging their heads by any means. They know the opportunity is still in front of them. Uh, you know, they're tied for the division lead. One win in the series secures them the tiebreaker with the Rays, which is going to be significant. So I, I think it's a situation where they also really believe in themselves. They've shown what they can do, and uh, you know, Jack Flaherty said last night, you know, how does the team, he was asked, how does the team get out of this? And it, he said, remember who, who you are. And that, I think, 
you know, the Orioles have shown who they are for the majority of the season. And I think that, you know, what they've shown for most of the year is more indicative of the team they are than, than what we've seen the last four games. But uh, they can, you know, establish that narrative with a couple wins in the next couple of days. You mentioned Jack Flaherty. He went out there and dominated for the first three innings. You're nine of the first ten batters. Ran into some trouble in the fourth and again in the fifth. Um, was it? Do you think there was any uh, thought internally to maybe bumping Flaherty and lining up Bradish, Grayson, Kramer, and Means, uh, the latter three on five days rest, each for Tampa Bay, or was it always going to be the lineup that it was? Yeah, I, I think that this is kind of how they wanted to line it up. Uh, obviously, it didn't work out. Uh, Bradish pitched pretty well in the opener. Obviously, just had a one made one bad pitch at the end there to to result in a loss. And I, I think they were kind of hoping that Jack Flaherty would get up for a big game. You know, that was kind of his reputation coming into his Orioles tenure. Had pitched in the postseason in 2019 and and in 2022, I believe. And so 20 uh, meaning two meaning as well, not last year. But uh, I think you're talking about a guy who has a reputation as a big game pitcher. And those first three innings, it sure like looked like he was living up to it. Stuff was electric, ballpark was electric, and then uh, obviously the Rays, who were a really good lineup, got to see him a second time through and, and started to have some success. And so I think obviously his tenure to this point with the Orioles has been disappointing, but uh, it'll be interesting to see, I think, what they do going forward because of that six-man rotation, because of you know, the limited time left in the season schedule. They do have the ability to kind of manipulate their rotation as they want and line things up. And I do think it is fair to wonder whether Jack Flaherty gets another start for this game. And obviously you want to continue to protect you know, those young guys, Bradish, Kramer, Gibson, or give uh, Rodriguez, and make sure that those guys are getting, you know, rest and are able to take into the postseason, um, you know, a relatively comfortable workload and innings amount and be able to pitch through the rest of the year. Um, so there is value in Jack Flaherty and what he brings, but it's, if he continues to pitch like he has, it obviously is detrimental as well. Now, we saw, you know, at the at the end of June, beginning of July, that, that 4th of July series, uh, the 4th of July weekend series with the Twins, the Orioles scored three runs in that series. It was part of a stretch where they lost six games out of seven. They scored 18 runs during that stretch, only three runs in that series with the Twins. And they lost the first two games of a four-game series um, against the New York Yankees before they started an eight-game winning streak where they, the offense exploded for 60 runs. We've seen this team tear the cover off the ball for extended periods. Uh, is there any re- reason to believe that that can't happen as soon as tonight? It's, uh, they're going against Tyler Glass now in, in, in this series, in, in this game this evening, but we've seen them handle some tough pitchers throughout the season. Should we expect that this team is going to start breaking out sooner rather than later? Yeah, I don't know if expect is necessarily the word I use. They're facing, you know, in, the, in this race team, a really good pitching staff. But that said, like you, like you noted, this team has the potential for anything like that at any time. And you look at how they've really handled um, you know, maybe those kind of rough stretches or the, even those rough games. Uh, you know, this team has a reputation for, for bouncing back. You know, before this series, they had lost uh, a series opener 15 times and they'd won six of those series. They split two others of them. So they've done pretty well, even in dropping the first game of a series. And obviously they've dropped the first two of this one. Still have the opportunity to manage a split. Um, even just getting one win, I think is significant. I'm sure people would be disappointed if the Earls go one and three in the series, but Getting one win gives them the tiebreaker of the Rays. It puts them in a decent position going into the stretch run here. So I, I do think that this offense has the potential to break out of this. Again, the Rays are going to limit their potential to do that just because they are such a good pitching staff. But I, I think just when you look at what this team has done this season overall offensively, where it hasn't just been dependent on one guy, there usually has been one or two or three guys who are hot at a given time, kind of just moving around the lineup. Obviously, they've kind of run into a stretch where basically everyone in the lineup has cooled off a little bit. But it, it, I think when you have so many guys 
when your team is built in such a way where it's based off a bunch of guys being solid, then one or two guys being great, I think that opens up the door to a lot of possibilities going forward. You mentioned that a lot of guys are struggling right now. Uh, Adley Rutschman at the forefront of that. He's hitting just 180 in September. I think he's hitting like just about 220 over his last 30 games. Uh, he's played a lot, whether he's DHing or whether he's catching Nathan. Uh, would you be surprised to see him get the day off today, at least to start? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they handle him. I think, you know, when, when Adley's in their lineup, that's when they're at their best. And, but obviously, if Adley is, isn't at his best, that does play a role in it. Uh, I think you're talking about a guy, you know, who's a switch game catcher. He's hitting the top two spots of the, spots of the order basically all year. Um, they have gotten him more DH days a little bit down the stretch. It's not quite a 50-50 split mm-hmm. with him, him and James McCann, but it's relatively close to that. It might be like 60-40 with Adley behind the plate. Obviously, gave him a couple DH days coming into this series to – you know, give him some rest and, uh, you know, relative rest. Uh, Brandon Hyde altered his lineup yesterday, had Gunnar Henderson back in the leadoff spot, dropped Adley down to two, just try to help him out with some of the pitch clock related situations. Sure. You look at that first at bat of the game, he, you know, let's say he catches the top of the first, he's got to run the dugout, take off his gear, get ready to hit. And he just doesn't necessarily have time to watch the pitcher warm up or take some practice swings or whatever it may be. He's really just going straight from behind home plate into the batter's box. And so Brandon Hyde altered his lineup yesterday to try to give Adley a little bit more time, make him a little more comfortable. Look at him during this losing streak. He's one for 15. You mentioned his average during uh, September. He has still walked decently. He's still got a decent OBP this month because he is going to get his walk. So I think he still provides a ton of value when he's in the lineup. I, I do think that obviously this is not the kind of stretch you want to see out of your young superstar, but that said, the best version of the Orioles has Adley Rutschman playing a significant role for them. And so I think, you know, it, I, I think if you're going to try to win a game against the Rays, you want Adley Rutschman out there. Uh, it might be James McCann behind the plate in a DH day, but they're, they're going to do what they can to win both of these upcoming games. And I think that most likely involves Adley Rutschman in the lineup in some form. And a lot of people have noticed um, it looks like a lack of intensity or effort. Uh, with Aaron Hicks playing the outfield. Last night, he's patrolling the biggest, most cavernous part of Camden Yards and jogging after baseballs. We saw him not come up throwing um, on that base hit the night before, where if he comes up firing, the throw that he made, is prob- they probably get the out at home plate. They lose that game by a run. Um, is there something going on that we don't know? We know he's had the two leg injuries that have, that have hampered him this season. Have they told him to kind of take it easy? Is he taking it easy on his own so that he can stay in the lineup? Or is that just kind of how he... He plays his game because it has been rather noticeable to more than just me uh, over the last few weeks. Yeah, I'm not sure about you know the specifics of anything with that. Obviously, uh, you know I I've noticed it too, especially on that ball last night. You know with the Randy Rosarena hit, he wasn't able to catch it. Randy Rosarena takes a sharp turnaround first base, and the Rose aren't able to get him out because uh, Adam Frazier also double clutched and throwing. So just kind of a rough defensive showing for the Orioles veterans the last couple of days. And I, I I do think you know the the best version of the Orioles outfield defensively probably does have Aaron Hicks out in right field in place of Anthony Santander. Just when you look at the arm that Aaron Hicks provides, there was a couple of plays last night where you look, you look and you would say, man, you would have loved have, having Cedric Mullins range in place of Aaron Hicks's, And you would have loved having Aaron Hicks's arm in place of Cedric Mullins's, but uh, that's not quite how baseball works. You know, Brandon Hyde is trying to keep guys like Mullins and Hayes and Santander rested. And with the way their roster is kind of constructed right now, that means that getting hit starts for Aaron Hicks who is a switch hitter who can, you know, start against lefties and righties. So I, I think, you know, as you're looking at this, like Aaron Hicks is going to get his playing time. He has managed a lot of injuries this season. Um, you know, most of them, as you noted, related to his lower body, had the back discomfort as well, had an Achilles issue. So it's just a matter of trying to keep that guy healthy. And this might be his decision of not, not necessarily going full out. But I do think that, um, you know, he recognizes 
the importance of these games. These are big games for the Orioles. Aaron Hicks has played in big games before in his career. I think I have to imagine that whatever intensity he's giving, it is the maximum intensity he's capable of giving. Mm-hmm. I don't think that any of these guys are going out there and just giving a lackadaisical effort. So definitely don't want to imply that or suggest that on my end in any way. But um, yeah, I, I, I do think that, you know, I see what you're seeing and um, I, yeah, the best defensive version of the Orioles outfield has Cedric Mullins in center and Austin Hayes in left and, Ideally, after Hayes got an off day yesterday, that's what the Orioles put out there the last two days. Yeah, I would, I would imagine that would be the case. And that was certainly um, my implication, not Nathan's. I'm, I'm the one putting that out there into the stratosphere. Now, uh, Nathan, uh, I want to I make a preemptive statement with this. I think that Brandon Hyde has done a fantastic job this year. I think that he has the Orioles in position to win a division title and that he's done a phenomenal job with this team to this point in the season. My one gripe with, with Brandon is he, I, I feel like he, he matches up too much. And we saw last night um, Heston Kerstad, the lone offensive spark for the team last night. He hits that long home run, his first major league hit, first major league home run. And then he's pinch hit for uh, with um, uh, Austin Hayes in the eighth inning with runners on first and second and nobody out. And in the minors, he had pretty even splits. He hit 301 against right-handed pitching and 304 actually against left-handed pitching with an AO uh, with an OPS well above 800 uh, from both against both sides. Is Brandon Hyde at are the matchups too much? At what point should he start giving these guys an opportunity to prove their worth, like Jordan Westberg and Heston Kerstad, where you know they put they just gave you a big hit. Let's see if they can if they can do this in this big situation. Yeah, it's definitely an interesting question. I didn't really question it last night when he pinch hits Hayes, who's a right-handed hitter, against Jake Diekman, who's a left-handed pitcher for Heston Kerstad, who is a left-handed hitter playing in the second major league game. And I maybe didn't question it because that is how he's operated all season, where he's played these platoon matchups and sought advantages. And I do think there are times where he's a little beholden to that. Like Ramon Arias has had reverse splits for much of the season and really much of his career, but we still mostly see him in against left-handed pitching. Uh, so I, I don't, I didn't necessarily make a big deal about that situation last night. Personally, I understand, you know, fans want to see Heston Kerstad. He just got his first big league hit first big league home run. I, he's like you mentioned, he's kind of the only guy who had, had solved the race pitching uh, that night to that point. So I do understand where that comes from, but at the same time, from a strategic level, I think the better matchup is Austin Hayes against a left-handed pitcher. Uh, you know, we saw kind of a similar thing with Kyle Stowers where he put up really good triple A numbers against left-handed pitching, but then didn't get a ton of opportunities against them in the majors. And I think, you know, it's easy to look at, you know, hop on someone's baseball reference page and look at their minor league splits and say, well, they hit left-handed pitching really well, but the Orioles have more information than that. They actually see things, how the hitters react to different pitches and thing and how their swing is like, they know a lot more than we do at the end of the day. And so I think that, um, you know, whatever information they have on how Heston Kerstad hits left-handed pitching and whatever information Brandon Hyde has been provided on how Heston Kerstad his left-handed pitching, he wanted to go to Austin Hayes in that spot. He was trying to win a game, even though the Orioles were down big at that time. He's trying to find a way to rally and come back. I, you know, I get where fans come from on this. You look at a guy like Ryan O'Hearn, who hasn't gotten a ton of opportunities against left-handed pitching, uh, despite putting up really good numbers. But the reason he's putting up really good numbers is partially because he's being limited against left-handed pitching. Yep. He's just going out there and mashing right-handed pitchers. So I, I think that's what you know a big part of why this team has success is Brandon Hyde has played those matchups. Again, he has been beholden to them at times. You mentioned Jordan Westberg. I think Jordan Westberg has kind of avoided platooning to an extent. I think he's played pretty regularly. Obviously gets the occasional day off for a Jorge Mateo or an Adam Frazier or a Mona Rios. But for the most part, I think he has played against both righties and lefties. And uh, Obviously, we've set, we saw it with uh, you know Colton Cowser, I think, kind of got a bit of a platoon situation in his limited time. We've seen it with young players. It's going to happen. It's part of the game. 
Um, it's things, things that young players go through. You look at Gunnar Henderson still in there against lefties most days, started to have more success against them. But uh, yeah, I mean, he's going to do what he's going to put out what he thinks is the optimum nine for that day. And that's not just a decision Brandon Hyde is making. They have an advanced scout team, the front office, the analytics department, they're all involved in these decisions as well. And, it's just a matter of trying to put out the best starting nine for that given day. Yeah, and, and look, that, that lineup that he put out last night, but I thought that was the best lineup that they could put out on the field uh, against that starting pitcher. I had no no issues with that. Just sometimes, you know, you want to see Jordan Westberg get the opportunity to prove himself uh, late in the game in those big situations. And, uh, you know, I know fans want to see the young guys who are these high prospects get opportunities. So uh, speaking of Heston Kerstad, um, if he was replacing an injured player, he would be eligible for the postseason. People keep keep talking about, oh, he's replacing an injured player. Ryan Mountcastle didn't go onto the injured list. So is Heston Kerstad eligible for the postseason? I don't believe that he is. No, he is. He is. So it's, it's kind of a confusing situation because of the way the rule is written. But basically because he was in the organization as of August 31st, he can be made eligible for the postseason even if he wasn't on the 40-man roster. Okay. The rule is replacing an injured player who has spent like the minimum amount of time on the injured list for the season. So basically, because the Orioles have Dylan Tate and Keegan Aiken still on the injured list, the Orioles basically could say one of those two players isn't eligible for the postseason because they've spent, I I believe they're both on the 60-day as of now, Mm -hmm. because they've both spent the 60 days on the injured list, the Orioles can say, well, Heston Kerstad is taking their place as playoff eligible. So that's how it works. So they can't make that same maneuver with Jorge Lopez because he was not in the organization. But basically, any player who is in the organization as of August 31st can be made postseason eligible if you have enough injured list candidates or injured list players who have spent the requisite amount of time. So gotcha. it's, just a, it's, it's just like a little semantics thing. But yes, Heston Kershack could pretty easily be made playoff eligible. Okay, well, that that makes sense. Uh, I thought you had to be on the 40-man by, by August 31st or be replacing an injured player. But I... I Technically, they are replacing an injured player, so you're right. So I got I got another one for you then, Nathan. Um, uh, the magic number. You've been the guy uh, for the of uh, the Orioles beat writers going out there with coming out with uh, the Orioles magic n- number scenarios. It's been a weird thing to try to figure out here, but it shrank down to three last night with the Rangers' loss. Uh, it didn't shrink with the Mariners' loss, however, last night. What has to happen for the Orioles to clinch um, this weekend, if that's even possible? Yeah, it definitely does remain possible. And actually, because of it now being three, they don't actually even have to win both games against the Rays. That obviously would make it easier. Um, so if the Orioles are able to win uh, both of the next games, manager series split, they can get in three different ways from that point. I believe it would just take one Seattle loss or one Texas loss or also two Toronto losses. So there's a couple different scenarios at play there. If they only win one of the games, then Toronto no longer factors in, and they would just need Seattle and Texas to combine for three losses in their four combined games. So there's a couple different paths now that it's three. It's all a little convoluted, and I'm sure people look at it and just see that you know Toronto is the first team out of a playoff spot and are trying to do it that way. But it, it really just comes down to the fact that Seattle and Texas still have seven games against each other. So one of them is guaranteed at least four losses. There's scenarios where Houston ends up in a three-way tie for the AL East lead and that convolutes tiebreakers. There's just a lot of things. I've spent way too much time playing around and look at the, at the MLB.com standing page over the past week. Um, but, yeah, it's right in front of them. Obviously, the goal remains to win the American League East. And, um, but, yeah, so I, I think they can obviously help themselves in both efforts and clinch a playoff spot at the end of this weekend. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's possible as soon as Sunday. Um, obviously, the, the farther we get, the more po- possible scenarios there are for them to do that. 
it's really hard to envision the scenarios coming to play where they don't make the playoffs with, right. you know, one or two more wins, but you know, they exist and thus the magic number is three, um, despite the unlikelihood of those other options. But, uh, it is, it does remain possible by the end of this weekend. They do need some help for that to happen, but they also need to go out and win. Yeah, they absolutely need to go out and win. That's the most important thing, which brings me to the final Orioles question here um, for the segment. This team's either been uh, in first place or had a share of, fir- of first place since July 19th. Making the playoffs after losing 110 games two years ago is a huge accomplishment for this team. I, I think we all agree that with the way they've played this year, they seem to be ahead of schedule. Do the players look at it as a failure if they don't win the division? Yeah, I think so at this point. I think they've, you know, raised outside expectations. It's interesting to kind of look at how upset fans are. And understandably so, the team's not played well. I totally get it. Um, and I'm not saying you should be, like, happy to be here by any means. But mm-hmm. I, I do think, you know, coming into the season, the message was, this is a team that hopefully makes the playoffs. This is a team that's going to scratch and claw and fight to be in a wild card spot. I think it was expected to be, as we look at Seattle and Texas and Toronto kind of all jockeying for, for playoff spots, the Orioles were expected to be one of those teams in that mix. But instead... They're pretty comfortably in, in playoff position right now. And I think with the way that they've kind of altered expectations, their expectations all along were that they were a division contender. And, you know, they've gone out and they've shown that. And I think that their expectation and their hope and their drive is to win this division and, you know, sh- show a lot of people what they're capable of. And, yeah, I do think this season is a disappointment, especially if you look at a team that had a four-game lead in this division a week ago. Like, I think they're certainly hoping to win the division. And it would be a disappointment if they don't do that. All right, and before we go, I, I believe you played this with us before, Nathan. But anytime we have, we, we play this every week, and we let our guests play uh, the game with us. We play this game called Take to Rake. The only rule is that you can't take the player that uh, last week's guest took. Well, last week we didn't have a guest uh, to take a uh, player, so it was just between Zach and I. So we are going to let you pick first. But before we do, Zach, what were the results for last week? So we had, we had Connor last week, and Connor did. Oh, we did. did that's right. That's yeah. right. So uh, I picked Austin Hayes. Connor picked Adley Rutschman, and you picked Ryan Malcastle. Nobody won. Okay. Nobody won. Nobody. So won. I I picked Hayes, who slashed 190, 227, 286, no home runs, two RBIs, two doubles. Uh, Connor picked Adley Rutschman, slashed 115, 258, 154, no home runs, no RBIs. And you picked Ryan Malcastle, only a 12 plate appearances, didn't get a hit, but had two walks. So nobody won. Nobody won. <laughs> nobody won. So Nathan, go ahead. You get to pick first. You can pick whoever you want, except for Adley Rutschman. Okay, I'll go with uh, Gunnar Henderson. Obviously, been swinging it really well. Look at your front runner. Uh, you look at his home run last night. I, I think that he's in a really good spot right now, and I, so I'll go with him as my pick to rig. Gunnar, Gunnar Henderson, Zach, who you got? I'm going to go Ryan O'Hearn. Ryan O'Hearn? Okay. And I am going to take – I'm going to take Adley. I'm going to take Adley. He's about to break out of this. I think he's going to be a catalyst for this team, uh, getting back on track and running towards another, uh, hopefully a division title. Nathan, what do you got coming out? Uh, whatever the Orioles, you know, put me in position to, obviously a lot of it kind of depends on what they do here these next couple of days. But as always, I think the Baltimore sun is cooking up some good stuff and, uh, people check it out. All right, Nathan, always a pleasure when our paths cross. Hopefully we'll talk to you down the line, especially as we approach the postseason. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. Yeah. Thanks so much guys. Again, thanks for having me. Absolutely. That was Nathan Ruiz from the Baltimore Sun. Um, I, I, when Nathan posts on Twitter, 
I, I love the way he posts because, like, he, he doesn't hold back his opinion about yeah. what's going on, but he posts it in a way yeah. where it's not controversial. Jacob right. Calvin Meyer, the other guy for the Baltimore Sun, does mm-hmm. kind of the same thing. And he just wrote an article I saw, Nathan retweeted it, about Jack Flaherty's start last night. He mm-hmm. basically said, just to, to read the headline, everyone should go read it because I haven't read it yet, but it was basically about Jack Flaherty's uh, failure to be the big name the big pitcher the Orioles needed down the stretch so right, well, well what about a Nathan Ruiz article since he well was, I just, he just retweeted that so I'm just do. I'm just reading that from the Baltimore Sun. uh what I want to remind you today's show is brought to you by the latest edition of press box which is available now on the cover both smoke dives into what's next for Lamar Jackson after receiving one of the biggest contracts in football history is he ready to take the Ravens to the next level with new offensive coordinator and new wide receivers also inside we look at what new football coaches Brian Newberry and Pete Shinnick bring to Navy and Towson respectively and we meet players from the college football and soccer programs around the state. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. When we come back in, we'll close things out with our Orioles' final thoughts and some Ravens' final thoughts. That's next on The Bet Around. Maryland drivers, did you know you can save up to 77% on tolls with an Easy Pass Maryland discount plan? That's right, 77%. It's never been easier. Pick the plan that's right for you at driveezmd.com. We'll keep you moving. The Maryland Five Star returns to iconic Fair Hill October 19th to 22nd, marking the next chapter in Maryland's equestrian tradition. Best described as the triathlon of horse eventing, you won't want to miss this thrilling sport. Enjoy a fall festival with local fair, retail vendors, and tons of family fun. Come for the event and stay for the experience in Cecil County, home to the Chesapeake Bay waterfront with vibrant small towns and accommodations to suit every desire. It's the place to be in October. Visit Maryland5star.us for tickets. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. What's up, everyone? It's Tyus Bowser, and I've had so much fun hanging out with Rita and putting up with Glenn the last couple years that I've decided to do it again. Season three of the Ties Bowser Show is happening this year as we'll be all over town, giving you the chance to get to know me and some of my teammates. As we talk football, life in general, and just say what needs to be said, you can find out more about the show by going to pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. If you don't live in the area, you can watch the shows live on Facebook and YouTube. And if you miss one, you can listen Friday nights at 105.7 a fan. So we'll see you all season long for the Ties Bowser Show. A partnership, a press box, and great ace memorabilia. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. The next Tyus Bowser show is Tuesday, September 26th at Guilford Hall Brewery in Station North. It's brought to you by Superbook Sports. 
six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken, a family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. It's a Maryland thing you wouldn't understand. Where the waves meet the shore, you will find Dorchester County. Hi, this is Jimmy Charles. When I think of Maryland, I think Dorchester County on the eastern shore where it's open for making memories. Dorchester County, it's a Maryland thing. For more info, visit www.visitdorchester.org. It's a Maryland The latest edition of PressBox is available now. On the cover, Bo Smolka dives into what's next for Lamar Jackson after receiving one of the biggest contracts in football history. Is Lamar ready to take the Ravens to the next level, now with a new offensive coordinator and new wide receivers? Also inside, we look at what new football coaches Brian Newberry and Pete Shinnick bring to Navy and Towson, respectively. And we meet players from the college football and soccer programs around the state. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the O's, Ravens, and Serps at PressBoxOnline.com. Welcome back into the Bat Around. Today's show brought to you by the one and only Zachary Allen Goodman. Had to had to had to get it in there. Yeah, uh, uh, you didn't say it all show, so you had yeah, to do it. Z- yeah. Zachary Allen Goodman, but yeah. more so brought to you by the Tyus Bowser Show, which is back for season three. Tyus and his special guests will join Glenn and Rita all over town throughout the season, giving you the chance to get the inside scoop and rub elbows with your favorite players. The Tyus Bowser Show is a partnership of PressBox and Great Eights memorabilia and is brought to you by Superbook Sports and HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. For more information, visit PressBoxOnline.com Bowser. The next Tyus Bowser Show is Tuesday, September 26th at Guilford Hall Brewery in Station north um all right first and foremost leave a comment on the show telling us you want your two free tickets to a luxury suite for tonight's game because why wouldn't you brought to you by superbook sports and press box in partnership tell us that you want the two free tickets you must mention at superbook sports or just superbook sports and get creative guys i i want to see something more than I would like the tickets brought to you by Superbook Sports. Get creative with it. Um, You know, but we have a few comments. We're whittling it down here. And if you mention us on the Facebook Live feed, again, brought to you by Superbook Sports and PressBox, that you want to win two free sweet tickets with free food and drink. No parking pass, unfortunately. Uh, Mention it on the Facebook Live stream, and we will pick a winner in a matter of moments at the end of today's show. Zach, you looked like you wanted to say no, something. No, I, I was going to, but then I decided I, I not was going to. When, when you zig, he zags. Zachary Allen Goodman. You love that. You really love that. Yeah, it's a, it's a great promo I, yeah, for your inevitable I, political I, career. I, yeah, Zachary Allen. And my, my actual name, Zachary Allen Goodman. Yeah, yeah. You know, my you inevitable, know. yeah. Uh, Hulk Hogan's real name isn't Hulk Hogan. It's Terry Balea. Well, that's true. I mean, but why, why would I just change my name to something kind of similar? 
I don't know because no, you can like, be, it can be part of your campaign slogan. My cam- you, yeah, my campaign. When they zig, I zag. Zachary Allen Goodman, vote me in the Congress. Right, right. Would you vote for me, Paul? You would be the youngest person in Congress <laughs> I would by be about the youngest, sixty-seven I, I years. Would be, yes, exactly. They're all a hundred. They're all a hundred well, and having strokes on TV. Uh, would you vote for me, Paul? What are you running for? <laughs> it depends running on, for, it depends on what, are, are you running for commissioner I'm running of baseball? for the president yes. of Bruce Springsteen's fan club. I think you've already won that. <laughs> no, I, 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 you and you and Ken Wyman. Are. Oh, oh. Speaking of, speaking of, I have a comment for you. Um, not a comment on here, but there was a New York Times article that came out this week about Chris Christie. Uh, uh you know, legendary New Jersey governor. He's been to 152 Bruce Springsteen shows. So if you're a politician and you run for president, so, you so, have to love Bruce so, Springsteen. No, no. So, so wait, 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 wait. The governor of New Jersey mm-hmm. has been to over 150 Bruce yeah. Springsteen shows. Well, former governor the, the, of New Jersey. Yeah. The former governor of New Jersey mm-hmm. yeah. has been to over... He knows Springsteen as well. Like that is the least shocking thing I have heard in my entire... Somebody from New Jersey loves Bruce Springsteen. Everyone in no New Jersey. No way. But I'm just saying, Chris Christie's People in Philadelphia love Bon Jovi. No way. Isn't Bon Jovi from Jersey, too? I think he's a Jersey guy. I think he's a Philly guy. Is he? I, I think know. so. I thought he was a Jersey guy. I'm pretty sure he's a Philly guy. Let's look it up. I'll see. And white people love Will Smith. Like, the least... What does that have to the, do with The anything? least shocking statements ever said. But 152? By the way, I also met a guy uh, at the MetLife concert. I'm not sure if I told you this or not, but he was a guy who... You f- met... Oh, you met a guy? I met... Okay. Just let... You know what? <laughs> just, just, you just, can't handle me on your own. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. This is. I don't even know how to. I don't uh, even know how to start uh, up. Uh, okay. The things. Well, that let me you back say. up. Let me. Back. There was a guy at, at the Bruce Springsteen concert that I went to uh, at MetLife Stadium, who had flown in all the way. Probably he was in his sixties. He said he had flown in all the way from London to see Bruce. It was his one hundred and twentieth show. That's all. He's in his sixties. And the first time he'd ever you, been to you, New York do you, do you, or the states you, in general. Do your parents approve? Wow, that's so weird, man. He, he's 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 sixty. Like like. like <laughs> are, are, are you? Are you is, is he rich? Are you a gold digger? Yeah, obviously. But bon Jovi, by the way, uh, Sayreville, New Jersey. So uh, that's that's probably like South Jersey. It's probably really Let's close to Philly. S- probably, yeah. Yeah, it's a borough in Middlesex County. I don't know where that is. Uh, uh, Middlesex, New Jersey. <laughs> yeah, well, I would hope so. Um, I oh no, it's actually well. I don't know, it doesn't matter. I guess I it thought really Philadelphia matter. because Bon Jovi is like a. No, owner. it's actually right near where Springsteen's from. Springsteen's from Freehold, and that's actually really close. I hate that right you down just the road. know off the top of your head where Springsteen's oh, from. Oh, I, I, I've been to his childhood home, actually. It was awesome. It was really cool. <laughs> mo- mo- moving on. How are we doing with the comments? Uh, nobody, man. Like, nobody no, else. No, no, we have comments. We have comments, but nobody no, after you just said it. No, like, no get creative comments. with it. Nobody decided to get creative. No new comments. You guys are really, like, going all out here. I cannot believe AJ hasn't commented. I feel like people, well, he did. He said, is Heston Kerstad starting tonight? I do not know, unfortunately. But, but he's not He's not trying to get two free tickets to a luxury to a box right. this evening. I think the parking press might be the, might be the deal breaker. No parking. Duh. Duh. <laughs> Right. I yeah. don't know. I don't think we're, we're, you realize we're giving you hundreds of dollars. There's not what, Bryce, who was the country singer, Bryce Smith or something from last night? Young, Brent Young, whatever. Bri- Bryce Young, the quarterback <laughs> for the Panthers. It was something, it was, or Smith, I can't even remember. It's not Brent Smith, that's the lead singer of Shinedown. But I don't know. Couldn't have told you that either. I don't know. I would much rather go see a Shinedown concert than a Bruce Springsteen concert. <laughs> All um, right. They're a good band. Yeah, well, you know. Right. Um, O's final thoughts. Ugh. I don't understand bringing up Brian Baker instead of Mike Bauman. 
Mike Bauman was lighting it up down at AAA. Baker was pitching to a 540 ERA. He mm-hmm. comes in, throws one pitch, and it's a three-run homer. Completely puts the game out of reach. Just grooved it, like, you know, middle-middle. Yeah, middle. Like, yeah. Oh, Brian Baker throws a 98 mile an hour fastball. I wonder what pitch he's going to throw in his first attempt back. He's not like I wonder what he's going to throw. The guy's sitting dead red on. Now look, he did retire the next eight, but it doesn't negate the fact that he gave up a three run freaking home run on his first pitch back. Dale Hall last night also. Dale Hall did not get the job done last night either. They gave him an out and he still couldn't get the out. Just a bad pitching performance, but it's it it doesn't matter. They could have given up one run and the they could have given up two runs and the Orioles would have lost last night because they can't hit right now. Um, do I, I think they're going to break out of it. I think they're going to break out of it. I think it's going to happen tonight. Um, this team's too good not to, but they got to get it together. This is the home stretch. You're playing the team that you're trying to fend off. You've been in first place for two months and you're going to let them run you down now. Right. All you got to do is win one game and you hold a tiebreaker. Right. You cannot leave the series not in first place if you win one game and don't let it come down to tomorrow. Win today so that you have an opportunity to split tomorrow. 100%. And leave here with essentially a three-game lead in the division. Tampa Bay has lost so many players this year. So many players. You have no excuses. Go out and win a baseball game tonight. The team needs to start hitting. Get this done. Get it done. It's hard to add to that. I mean, that's, that's the simple way to put it. Uh, they, they've got to get things going, and I believe they will, but let's hope it's now and uh, and not a week and a half from now because then it might already be too late to to do what they need to do. So <coughs> they got to keep it hot for the playoffs, though, and that's important. And the, your your life isn't getting any easier because you're going to, to Houston. Right. You're going to right. Houston. Houston's trying to fend off Seattle and Texas, so they're, it's not. you already lost two or three of them earlier. Yep. you got to win these two games. 100%. At least win tonight. Take some of the pressure off, but find a way to win a ball game or two against this team. You can't let them come in here and sweep you. Yep. They, they sweep you. Not only do they leave this series two games up, but they now own the tiebreaker. Right. You were up six right. games to three, and now you're going to let them leave here up seven games to six, winning the season series. Can't do it. Essentially three games ahead in first place. You can't allow that to happen. You cannot allow that to happen. Now, with that said, New Orleans have a big opportunity because they've got they they end the season going to Cleveland for four, and then they've got two games at home against the Nationals, followed by four games at home against the Red Sox. There's an opportunity here. This team can still win 100 games, mm-hmm. but let's get going. Let's get going. Quit dicking around and start hitting the baseball. Do uh, it's amazing how a, this four game stretch has completely derailed the season, and it's not derailed from the aspect that they're going to make the playoffs. They're going to make the playoffs, but you were up by four games not even a week ago, right. and now right. you're in a virtual tie. Win a ball game. The baseball show uh, part of this show has been brought to you by Pressbox's Glenn Clark Radio, which is the definitive place to find the best daily discussion of Baltimore sports. You can watch the show every weekday from 10 to noon at youtube.com slash pressboxonline or facebook.com slash pressboxsports or listen at pressboxonline.com slash radio with podcasts available on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. You never know who might pop up on GCR. This week, the guys caught up with Hall of Famer Rob Woodson, former NFL running back Gio Bernard, and Apple MLB analyst Ryan Spielborgs. You can find those interviews and this week's says this wheeze. This week's Ty's Bowser Show with special guest Rashad Bateman in the Glenn Clark Radio Week in Review feature at pressboxonline.com. Um. Uh, Ravens final about it. thoughts. Mm-hmm. 
<sighs> they won a football game, and it felt like a loss. Oh, yeah. J.K. Dobbins, done for the year with an Achilles injury. Yeah. Marcus Williams, done for, for, for the foreseeable future with a torn pec. Um, you lose Ronnie Stanley and Tyler Linderbaum, at least for Cincinnati, if yeah. not for also Indianapolis. Yeah. Both of them with knee sprains. They'll be back. Um, they're week to week. They'll be back. I really um, hate to say it, though, just to interject for one second. They got better when Ronnie Stanley left, unfortunately. You um, thought so? Yeah, I, I thought the O-line was horrible. I, I thought Stanley was horrible in the first, uh, before he got hurt. And then when they, when he left, um, I, I guess McCary took over in that position, and they got a lot better. Morgan Moses is going to be playing left tackle, yeah. and McCary, 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 McCary however you say, right he's going to go to yeah. right tackle. Yeah. But who's going to play center? It's going to be, uh, what's his name? It starts with an M. It's like, I'm going to look it up. Because that's important, but uh, Mustafa. it's it's yeah, it's, that's exactly what uh, it's it's somewhat close to McCary, but it's somewhere in that realm. I'm, I'm gonna find Is this it out. Mc, no, that's AJ McCurgy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not AJ McCurgy. I probably not. I I wouldn't think so. Um, I don't know. I'm gonna find this out. So look, the, the bottom line, and and Marlon Humphrey's not gonna play. Right. Um, the bottom line is that you're looking at. Cincinnati got embarrassed. Sam Mustafer. Sam Mustafer. That's it. That's, that's going to be playing Mustafer. center. Mustafer. Um, you're looking at a Cincinnati team. They're playing their their home opener. Yep. Joe Burrow threw for 82 yards last week. It's horrible. He was they horrible. lost to the Browns 24 to three. You're going up against Jamar Chase and Tyler Boyd, Tyler Boyd and T Higgins and Joe Burrow, without Marlon Humphrey, without Marcus Williams. Rakiasin's not 100. percent Yeah. Uh, I think the Ravens are going to get embarrassed. I I I, do. I have and, to feel that way too. I, I think when when this team is healthy, they're very good. Yeah, but it's going to have to be a shootout. And you've got Lamar behind a weakened offensive line now, yeah. without his best running back. Um, and he didn't play necessarily well last and, week. And he, he didn't play well last week. No. And you don't uh, look. Uh, Mark Andrews is a full participant the other day, but. Yeah. He how how healthy is he? He can't be. He's probably not one hundred percent right now. I thought aside from a few runs and a few decent throws, Lamar looked lethargic. Like yeah, just overall lethargic. And the team looked asleep because John Harbaugh decides that he doesn't want to play any of his starters in preseason. Like yeah. Patrick Mahomes played half the preseason, comes out and he didn't have a great start to the season either. But it really wasn't his fault. Kadarius Tony couldn't catch you know anything. So it, it it to me this is a lot on John Harbaugh that these injuries happened that. The team started slow. That they only won 25 to 9 against the Texans. It yeah. should have been a lot more than that. You should blow the Texans away. That team played terribly. Yeah. Really, they played terribly. Yeah. yeah. And there's no excuse for winning only 25 to 9. They should have won a lot more. And the injuries, I mean, they, you know, I, 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 I hope that, uh, I, I hope that it's just random and that it's not the fault of John Harbaugh, the training staff. It happens some, every year. But it happens every year. It and, happens and, every year. And it's really hard to look past that. Like, there has to be a root cause for this. And maybe it's John Harbaugh. I don't know. I think guys should. He's play He's a the, common denominator. I think guys should play in the preseason. I uh, really do. The, the, this team, we couldn't even get through one game, one half, right, without right. devastating injuries. Right. You know, after everything that we've seen from this team with all the injuries over the last three years, like this isn't Tylen Wallace. This is Tyler Linderbaum. Like these are this these is, are number one starters. And, and name another team that has been this devastated. But every team has injuries. Yeah. Right. Every team has injuries. But name another team, like yeah, the Jets lost Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. That sucks for them. He's also like thirty nine, right? So. <laughs> the, like that that sucks for them. Yeah. But the Ravens lost an All Pro 
left tackle. Mm-hmm. They lost a Pro Bowl center. They lost a Pro Bowl um, safety. Yeah. They lost an All Pro corner. Their All Pro tight end is out, and their running back, who's averaged six yards per carry in his career, is out for is, is going to miss the entire season for the second time in three years. Right. Name another team that has this many injuries to this many key players. It's hard to fathom. It's hard. You got to think it starts with Harwell. You got to think they yeah. they fired their head trainer. Yeah. Over the offseason. Everyone said, that's going to do it. That's going to change it. you got to wonder, are they practicing too hard? Are they not training the right way? Who knows? I am not privy to any of that. I have no idea how to train NFL football players. No idea. But you've got to think there's a root cause behind this that has to do with John Harbaugh. You have to think so. I would imagine. Uh, yeah. He's the common denominator here. Right. This team, they're beat up every single year. Like We we couldn't even get through a half. Right. Never right. had a full game. A half of the first game of the season. Yeah, I, I think, and I think you can survive without Stanley. I think you can survive without J.K. Dobbins. Marcus Williams is Ed Reed Jr. in my eyes. He is unbelievable. A, a complete center fielder out there. Um, covers the field like Adam Jones did. This guy is, you know, a, a, a top safety in the league. Top two or three. And he's going to be out probably nine weeks, ten weeks, longer. And then Tyler Linderbaum is arguably the best center in football. He's up there. That's huge. Tyler yeah. Linderbaum is, to me, the defining injury already of the season. Yeah. They cannot survive without Tyler Linderbaum for a long time. Yeah. So it's going to be really, really Luckily, it's just a knee sprain. Hopefully, he only misses right. a week or two. It should be. It should um, be short. There were talk that maybe Humphrey could be back for this game. He's out. They already rolled yeah. him out. Maybe next week, maybe the week so after. So that means you have nobody even remotely decent covering Jamar Chase. Nope. So. Nope. Yeah. It's going to be And wrong. even if you double him. You got to deal with Tyler Boyd, right? And T. Higgins, right? And Joe Burrow can put it to anyone. I mean, yeah. Joe Burrow is one of and, the best. And and here's the thing: when the Ravens have health on defense, they shut Joe Burrow down last year yep. in three Definitely. games. Uh, he talks so much trash after throwing for like a thousand yards and like nine touchdowns in two games against the against the Ravens, who had bag boys playing mm-hmm. playing in their secondary in 2021. Yeah. And then when he had to actually play the Ravens' real defense, he right. looked like garbage against them. And now we're gonna have to deal with him coming out. And he's gonna throw for 400 yards tomorrow. Yeah. He's gonna throw for at least four touchdowns tomorrow, and we're gonna have to watch that and hear him talk all that trash again. Cannot wait for Thursday night football in Baltimore. When yeah, you, hopefully the the, the Ravens healthy. Are, hopefully everybody's healthy, and we can really punch him in the face, um, not the mouth, the face. Punch him straight in the face. Um, look, my prediction for tomorrow's game: pain. It's gonna be. Um, I'm, yeah, uh, the Ravens won't be inept on offense. Um, so I'm gonna say Cincinnati 37, Ravens 27. That was pretty close to what I was gonna say, actually. Um, to change it up a little bit, I'll go mm, 31-21. Another, another 10-point ten, ten yeah, win for Cincy. All right, we'll see how it goes. Um, I don't have a lot of, lot of hope. You know what? Watch, because we said that the Ravens will go out. Actually, of, what yeah. am I talking about? Justin Tucker's going to kick a field goal. 31-24. 31-24. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it, it, because we're doubting him. We, I almost always pick the Ravens. Same. Yeah, I, I almost too. always pick the Ravens to win. I just, I do not see how it happens. I do not see. I, it. I don't either. Don't see. I don't it. either. All right. More importantly, Orioles need to go out and win a game tonight. You got Tyler Glass now squaring off against Grayson Rodriguez. Hopefully, they start putting some bats to balls and uh, making a difference with the offense because that's the main reason they've lost four straight. Is they just have not been correct. Being two hit twice in three days, it's hard is, to fathom. Yeah, it's 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 pretty freaking bad. It's like they went from 
the hottest of hot to the coldest of cold overnight. Yeah, it's been uh, awful. Uh, we do need to pick a winner. There you go. You, you can you can pick the winner. Well, has anybody jumped in since? Nobody's jumped in since. Uh, AJ said John Harbaugh's awful, but unfortunately that is, that is not qualify. Yeah, AJ. I guess uh, maybe he can't go to the game. Nah, yeah, that, maybe, that's maybe, maybe maybe that's what it is, and he knows that if he commented, we'd probably pick him because he comments on the show every week. Um, all right, our winner is. Tyler Horton, you have won two tickets to a luxury suite with free food and drink, uh, courtesy of Superbook Sports and Press Box. Uh, we need your email address. John Colson will get those tickets sent over to you via email by this afternoon. You and one lucky guest will be attending tonight's Orioles game from the luxury and comfort of a of a suite at Camden Yards. Again, brought to you by Superbook sports thanks to everyone for tuning in thank you thank you thank you to adam jones the captain adam freaking jones calling in the morning after his orioles retirement ceremony to give us 15 minutes on the bat around just an awesome awesome and surprise segment with adam jones thank you so much for calling into the show adam we love you uh thank you to stand the fan charles for his weekly segment thank you to all of our sponsors without you we don't have a show thank you to all of our fans and listeners without you we certainly don't have a show thank you to Al- to zachary allen goodman when we zig he zags uh for the wonderful work that you do on wow. our show each and every week We'll see you next week. Until then, go Ravens, go Orioles. See ya!